Welcome to episode 238 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over there in Oakland, California. His name is Randy Michael Stead. That's me. Speaking of uh, Oakland, California, and 238, there's a highway not too far from here, uh, California 238, that is one of my least favorites. Now, why is that, Randy? Uh, it's kind of this weird intersection between like Castro Valley and Hayward and the 880 and there's always seems to be like way too much traffic or like an accident or something there. So it's not too now, what's fun. What's the speed limit? What's the speed limit on that highway? Yeah, it's probably, a, it's probably a 55. Oh, I can't drive. Oh, thank no. you so much. Russell John Fisher <laughs> joins the show. Russell. What up? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> nope. Take two. <laughs> Hi, How do you do? <laughs> and Oksana Valerian Ivanova Osachi. Hi. How are you, Oksana? Hi. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed that seemed loaded. Uh, I don't know. Just thinking about all the shit we have to get done today. God, you two are little nah. bummer magoos over here. <laughs> nah. I'm excited about it. Um, it's just like I don't know, a lot of stuff. I'm not touching that. You shouldn't touch it because you've been holding everyone hostage today by your little, uh, 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 what's the word I want to Go think on. Of? Filibusters. That you <laughs> Don't brand me with that shit. Got to get rid of the filibuster, dude. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for it. <laughs> All right. Joining us on this week's episode is fellow podcaster and uh, a film critic, Mary Beth McAndrews, joins us on the show. Uh, from her show, Scarred for Life. Uh, Mary Beth's going to be doing, uh, she's going to be helping us out with the Unnamed Footage Festival fundraiser for Forgotten Found Footage Films, uh, which is March 26th and March 27th. We have done a very poor job of advertising the Unnamed Footage Festival fundraiser for Forgotten Found Footage Films. Uh, Russell brings that home this week with uh, giving you the lineup that we will be having. Uh, for this event, which will be the day after this very episode airs. And I only do features. Not doing all of them. Not doing the shorts, because uh, things are still up in the air, because that's how show business works, baby. You understand? <laughs> this is a live event. We got a lot of plates spinning. Are some of those plates on the floor shattered, and we're all walking around barefoot, saying, watch out for the broken plates, and they're like, they're not any broken plates, and then our feet are bleeding all over the place and then other people are like why is there blood on the floor and then they slip on the blood and then they smash their head we've got a lot of broken bones and broken <laughs> plates on the floor and that's how it's gonna be but with your ten dollars you can help us tell fuck you to gavin newsom and get <laughs> theaters back open again that's our goal now, um, the current job I'm working at, which I will not disclose their name, uh, my boss, I was talking to her um, this week on Friday, and uh, she told me that she, the most common excuse she got for people calling in at uh, her previous job was they were cutting their feet on glass. What? I know. What? She said, dude, this one girl used to call in all the time. She said, oh, I, was, I stepped on broken glass. I can't make it in. I was like, are you kidding me? That is that is a troubling Right? Three times she used that excuse. Yeah, that's because I'm not even saying 
because automatically you just think it's it's bullshit. That's a right? lie. Yeah. But the fact that that's the lie that I you go to. Well, I, we both. What sort of backyard wrestling <laughs> atmosphere are you coming from? That would be interesting. She's like, oh, here's there's a video and sent it over. And it's like, oh, you're all out in Modesto fighting in the backyard. But no, I think uh, we both summed it up to just being young and kind of taking liberties with uh, what you think is job security. What's the guy from The Wrestler? Uh, Mickey Rourke? No, no, no. The 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 guy in oh, the extreme. Oh, Necro Butcher. Yeah, is Necro Butcher her husband? I know her dad. Yeah. <laughs> My roommate Necro Butcher. Gee whiz. Yeah, no shoes in the tan bark. That's Man. that's the game he likes to play. All right, but before we throw it to Mary Beth, uh, Oksana Valerianovanebago Osachi. I threw like three extra syllables in your name this week. Uh, you're going to be telling us what is on video on demand this week because Gavin Newsom still closes most of the theaters. They are open, though. Independent Some of the theaters <laughs> are open. I'm talking Cinemark. Cinemark is open. Uh, Randy, have you seen Minari yet? No. I'm thinking about I, seeing that in theaters, though. I almost watched that yesterday, but I decided to watch Human Centipede. <laughs> Oksana? lead us to the promised land oh boy. <laughs> um so we have at least three mm, three things happening this friday um in addition to the unnamed footage festival yeah why are we do- why are we doing cross uh promotion for other things like <laughs> hey if you don't want to do our festival here's <laughs> other things you can do well, because they're on vod and they're not time sensitive Okay, so don't these will not. So for our listeners, these will not be available until Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first of which is called the Banishing. Uh, it tells the story of the most haunted house in England in the 1930s. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into the manor with a horrifying secret. Whoa, I like the poster. Yeah, it looks like a cool like period like piece. a Victorian ghost. Well, it thing. reminds me of my favorite part of um. What was that found footage movie? Uh, the Gallows. Oh, the only good part? The trailer. The trailer was so fucking good with the ghost like floating behind and yeah, the news. Yeah, was the movie, Russell? Uh, it left uh, it was like some a two wanting. and a half. A two, and a, two and a half. That, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so The Banishing is going to be on VOD Friday the 26th. Nope. We, Clark's right. We should not be promoting things yeah. against our fest. Sunday the 28th. That sounds right. <laughs> what the hell? What is wrong with us? Why are we... <laughs> Ooh, it's Oh, Randy, it's got 83 tomatoes. It's actually too low for Randy. He goes 88, nothing lower. <laughs> oh, I'll watch a 40 on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and drink a 40? Yeah, why not? Dude, oh, that's a new segment. That's a good segment. All right, Randy. Next week, forty forty with You're Randy. A forty forty <laughs> with Randy. We go twenty twenty as Randy goes forty four. No, I'm, we'll, we'll work. See, this what happens. You go too deep. <laughs> on you just gotta let it go, man. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Randy's reviews are forty forty. <laughs> and then cue the music. All right, Oksana, what else we got? Oh, God, God, give you a drop in your. I gotta move it on. <laughs> Uh, also, Sunday the 28th, the toll. Also, Randy, shout out, it's 420. Also, <laughs> yeah. are you willing to pay the toll? <laughs> oh, the to- look at that poster. Can we get a close-up of that thing? It's like bye-bye man Dude, if he was he's standing got fire on fire <laughs> in his crotch. He's a fire crotch. It's bye-bye man if he oh. were the wicker man. I'm gonna put this little hand. Yeah, but he looks like a Cenobite. 
Nah, he looks like he looks like Lens Face from that um, Nick Cage movie that you hated. I just don't like how there's fire coming out of his private parts. What was it? The Bill Spataro one that he worked on and hated? Which one? Wait, well, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to the pod. I was looking uh, at the toll. Nick Cage. Oh, Kung Fu? No, not Kung Fu, but yeah. Jiu-Jitsu? Not, yeah, it's that movie, but... That was the name of the movie. Wait, was it really called Kung Fu? Yeah. Right. Wasn't it called Kung Fu? <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, no, you're totally right. I just thought that name was so dumb it couldn't or, be the No, Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Kung Fu Panda is popping up. Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so the toll... You gotta pay the toll troll. Oh, boo! <laughs> Randy, cut that out. As is that I, I violently hate that show. Why? I don't know. It's too popular. It's too jokey. It's too popular. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's too jokey. Over it's too jokey. Over <laughs> the tolls of a socially awkward driver and a weary passenger try to make it to their destination while being haunted by a supernatural threat. Okay, well, the I know poster <laughs> says nothing of that sort. Wait, what is the tagline on that poster? Wait, can you go back? Uh, it's. I know it's got to be good. Not. Everyone pays in the end. Oh fuck! I regret that. I'm sorry, Randy. This, this has one hundred oh, tomatoes. Please pay the toll man. Wait, Randy. They actually they changed the algorithm. It's got a hundred and one tomatoes. I'm it played uh, South by oh, last year. And more reviews than uh, the banishing. Wait, it really does have a hundred tomatoes? Yeah, hundred percent. I thought you were joking. No, bro. I don't joke about tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Red or green. So that's going to be out this weekend. Um, and the movie that I hid my screen to pull up. Nobody. Yeah. And Boo. check this out. I in know. Theaters. Boo. Go- it's a go. Can I, can I skip? No. Go you see idiot. This? No, it's going to be cut on. Vernon Sunday. said he won't go on unless you're here. So. Randy, Randy, have you seen the trailer for this? The Red Band trailer? No. I know of it. You know this- I'm going to see it okay. on Friday instead of your guys' festival. Oh, you bitch. Just kidding. Fucking Randy, you. if you did, I I wouldn't blame you. Randy, if you did, I would hate you because I really want to watch it. The Red Band trailer made me, man, I got so excited. Think Can't, of how good this is going to be to celebrate uh, a successful ses- festival on Sunday. I know. Yeah. In the theater. Can we do true. that? Yeah, of course. It's Let's about, do it. Um, on Sunday? Yeah. Really? Oh, God. Let's I really, it. I can't tell with you. I mean, look, it's Saul Goodman as John Wick. Who <laughs> doesn't want that? No tomatoes yet. Is Bob Odenkirk? I mean, just give him all the tomatoes. I think Bob Odenkirk said that he spent two years training for this movie. He looked good. He looked really good. I love Bob Odenkirk too. I'm a little biased. Like, man, what a cool picture. Tiny. (laughs) Is that a compliment or? I don't know. What was he doing for two years? What the? (laughs) That came out wrong. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. Like, did he like have to lose weight or did he have to like learn how to fight? Learn how to fight, Oksana. It's called choreography. They gave him a MacBook and they're like, don't move. What do you for think he was years? just taking roids and pumping? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oksana's a fan of the Arnold yeah. films, so this is why I love her. I hate Arnold as a politician, but I I cannot help but loving most of his movies. The fire and the water and the water and the fire. Separate the art from the artist. I'm telling you, it's the only way to live. That's what Randy does with Mr. Roman Polanski. Woody Allen calls. (laughs) 
<laughs> By the way, we need you to steamrolled him again. What did you say, Randy? I said Roman Polanski. Oh, bitch! <laughs> Don't be talking about my boy. Now, Randy, uh, we we need to close the book on this. How did uh, oh, Alan no. versus Pharaoh end? It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> All right. That wraps up Alan versus Pharaoh talk on the Overlook Hour. That's No, it's 4040 with Randy. <laughs> All right. So, Oksana, uh, explain nobody to our listeners as we just went with pure excitement. <laughs> well, so obviously Bob Odenkirk is in it. It's about a bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug war. We 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 know what's happening here, yeah. And we Get want punched. it. This is a good. This is. If this fails, I'm going to be very sad. What was the um? Is it Eastern Promises? No, no. History of Violence. I'm thinking those of. are very similar. Same director, right? Both Cronenberg. Yeah, that's our boy. Both Viggo Mortensen. But I think a History of Violence is kind of what we're doing here, right? Where yeah. it's like I know how to fight, but I'm. It found me. Well, also kind of Carlito's way. Kind of straw dogs ish. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Little peck and paw. Let's watch Carlito's way. Randy, that's a that's a cool guy movie that I really like. I've never seen Carlito's oh, way. Oh, what? Never seen Carlito's way. You know what? You know what got me into Carlito's way? Mm. Slipknot. Um, uh, Randy, they have, they have an audio down? drop. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It's of good. Of course they. Do. It's him saying, "Here comes the pain." Randy knows what I'm talking about. I didn't about. even realize you listened to that much Slipknot. I didn't. I listened to one album, and I think I talked about this on the show, and I loved them. And then I went across the street, and I showed my neighbor friend, and the next day he had a poster, a shirt, and the album, and I said, I quit. I learned how to tie a Slipknot. Proud below Boy Scout, baby! <laughs> Wait, you're a wee boy? Oh, if you ever <laughs> you just that said I'm it. a... It's no. on. It's on record. We below. Thank you very much. If you ever send a <laughs> fucking wee boy again, I'm going to. Stab I mean, you. most of the letters are there. I'm going to stab you in your carotid <laughs> urethra. Oh my god! You should have just tied a slipknot around me. <sighs> For any questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those at podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell anyone. It's not my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hour is available on. Oh. No, because we don't do yeah, we oh. don't do Facebook anymore. I did it fine we last do. week. I update Facebook. I was shocked. I was shocked last week when you nailed it. I know. The Overlook Hour is available on YouTube. Yay. As the Overlook Hour. <laughs> the Overlook Hour is available on Instagram as the Overlook Theater. And the Overlook Hour is available on Twitter as the Overlook Hour. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy, Randy. Stick around uh, for the interview where we talk about the Snyder Cut, which I was only posting about on our Twitter as a bit. Really? I got worried. And then when Clark was like, I'm going to watch it, I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, I'm kind, I kind of thought Randy was going to ride this wave with me, man. I'm a little little saddened. No, Randy's a criterion boy. <laughs> you can't let that get out. No, that's what I mean. I'm telling you, man, I went on a journey with the Snyder Cut, and I think uh, what? I think I came out better on the other side. Mary Beth was there to meet you. We had very similar journeys. Yeah. Yeah, she's done. And I thought Randy was going to be my Sharpa. <laughs> Shaman threw me off the mountain. <laughs> I don't even know what the movie, the original one, was called. What is <laughs> Justice, this Justice League? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some fluids for Roxana, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you. I, I don't know. We'll see you.
jog, I realized that I left my wedding ring at home. It was on the kitchen floor in the pool of blood leaking from my wife's body. Do you like that? I've gotten very good with the thunder. You nailed it. Actually, I was kind of terrified. I know how to do it now. Who the hell wrote this dark two-sentence horror story? This was brought to us again by Ricky Umberger, writer, director, (laughs) and star of the Fear Footage franchise. Available now. Dude. Wait, so Ricky, a couple weeks ago, we did one from him, and it was about uh, his daughter? Uh, Maybe not his daughter. Again, his fictional story. His daughter's not in the film. No. (laughs) No, not in the film, but the two-sentence horror story. It was like, uh, I hear my daughter whispering. Or I hear my daughter crying at midnight. I go to her room and I hear her whisper, I told you I could get him to come. Yeah, that was spooky. Yeah, it's like his daughter's going to kill him. Now his wife's dead, but he's really worried about the wedding ring. Again, Fear Footage 3. (laughs) Available now. Available now. (laughs) Blu-ray's still available. Okay, boys, I'm out of here. All right. I mean... I feel like he just got like, here. Yeah, he's not. He's uh, he's doing he's, something else. He's Costanza, and <laughs> you know he's, he's got another podcast. He's I'm doing sure. the Costanza, dude. Actually, you know, um, I don't know why wouldn't I bring it up? We got an email address to us a couple of days ago that uh, oh, female bag. I you know I don't know if it counts because the uh, the idea was just aimed at um, you moved it. Where is it? Oh, okay, I, there's a whole platform. Okay, for it. well, for def, I mean. For continuity sake, we're going to call this is a female bag. Okay. And this is the female bag oh, theme God. song. Trump got the Rona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need to update our soundboard. <laughs> you just yelled at me. That is true. Well, we don't do the morning zoo thing anymore. Honestly, if we, we don't stick to anything, bro, if that's we had, the beauty of the show, don't lump me in. We've got commitment issues, baby. I have a blog <laughs> that I can't get the can't get rid of. Me and I've got a Tamagotchi <laughs> I can't kill. <laughs> wow, you're talented. Woo. You are very nurturing when it comes to children, though. You say this, I this is not true. You get so cute that it warms my heart whenever there's a little kid around. You have. I had to learn. No, I, I was very uncomfortable until like my sister had kids, and then I don't know. It's just um, that's bullshit. No, it's just I, I don't strangers' know. kids. Anybody like well, you're good with, with them? No, it's it's weird because like parents are very particular. I know, you know, and you know, I I immediately with I don't care what age you are, I'm gonna try to make you laugh. <laughs> that's just how that's just how this works. And with kids, it's sometimes it's not that easy. But <laughs> and you know w- when I you know built sort of a relationship with my nephew now after two years, like my sister's very particular about certain things with him because you know he's an adopted child, mm-hmm. so he's got he's got a history before he came to them. Yeah, and you know uh, based on what they know, you know they're very particular about certain situations and and influences. And, you know, when I'm cutting up and having fun with them, you know, sometimes they're like, no, we don't say those things. or No, we can't do that. Yeah, but you're an uncle. That's kind of the job. Well, yeah. I mean, look, ultimately, I know I'm going to get, you know, uh, amnesty. Yeah. Um, But uh, I don't know. There's there's a weird feeling when you're like old and you don't have a kid, but you have friends that do. 
And I'm always terrified that like if I interact with a child and they do something like wrong, that I'll be put in a position to like try and punish them. For sure. No. And I'm like, I don't want to like, I know y'all got your boundaries. Like, I don't want to come in here and do something like way out of line. No, that's very, very yeah. much a thing. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll be, you know, there were times I was just like, I'm just, I'm not interested in what's happening right now. So just go to your parent. Yeah. It's, I don't know. They stress me out. Yeah. It's very <laughs> stressful. But I like them. And I, I, you know, I talk to them like they're equals. As I mentioned, well, yes, I, that that's another thing, you know, <laughs> baby and the kids to a certain degree. But again, you know, I think the biggest thing with kids is having, letting them be kids. Kids have to be kids. They got to be kids. They got to be kids, man. Randy, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, we had an email that was addressed, in, you know, in the, well, the, the address was two sentence horror. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like we're getting uh uh actually we're kind of overwhelmed with these things. And uh in the title it says Dear the Creepy Clark Show. For your consideration, eight two-sentence horror masterpieces from universally renowned master of terror, Brench Fry. Not sure who Brench Fry is, but they wrote eight two-sentence horror stories. So this is slasher victim day. Also, <laughs> uh we had Colin on. Was that last week? Time yes. is God. I can't keep track of it. He wrote four, so yeah, we're we're doing good. Also, I told you we were going to be fine because this was your I, this was your I was cross worried. you were going to die on like a month ago. Well, I like to you know stick to my guns, and I'm like, if people don't submit them, then we're not going to do them. And then Army Hammer came out of nowhere. <laughs> he started sending us shit, so. I don't know. I just don't want to lose creepy, and I'm feeling like we're doing it already. Army Hammer carried us for a month, dude. God, I hated it. <laughs> I really fucking it. Actually, this is probably a rebel, people rebelling to that. Anyway, they ended, this, works. they ended this email with property of Brench Fry. Do not steal. Use on a podcast, though. That is all good. I love that he addressed the show as the Creepy Clark Show. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe I do. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's giving us the cold shoulder. I don't I don't like it. He's going to some stuff. He's doing something. He's creative. I know no, he's moving on. Look, it's the springtime and he oh. doesn't particularly <laughs> like the spring. He found a Belial. He's 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 a, hooking up. Yeah. He's got a little quado down there with him. He does. He's watching yeah, That is foul. Fishing trip. I hope that is a not quado? true. Yeah, quado. I hope he doesn't have you, a quado. You don't know Belial, huh? I know I know Belial. What, what's the movie? When you said Belial, I immediately thought of Sinister. But that, that's wrong. No, that's Bagul. I mean, come on. Very different. <laughs> you're swapping a you're swapping a vowel for a consonant. For a folk god for a uh aborted twin. Oh, that thing? You gave it away. We got to turn this monitor away. I wanted to hang you there with the, you didn't know what basket case was. I haven't seen basket case, but I know basket. It's also Dude. a Green Day song. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Randy. God damn it. I love you, but I got to want to choke you sometimes. Big Green Day fan back in the day. You know, I learned a couple of tunes of the, the Green Day variety back when I was playing guitar. Okay. What's, the too? what's the one? Yeah. What's the one Green Day song I like? That I like? That I like. Longview. No. Talk about the one they play at like every graduation. No. What is that? Not good riddance. No, it's it's got it's two songs in one, and I only like the first half of it. I'm not looking it up. I don't I know. I can't think of it. 
Two songs in one? God, it's obnoxious. You know they were voted the best band on the planet at one point? When I was, okay, so an 18-year-old me, I was working the bar at Roundtable. Now, mind you, I had never had a drink in my life, and nobody had trained me on, like, even the etiquette or, like, the culture of a bar. We only had four beers on tap, and we had red and white wine. Literally, like, jugs of red and white. I couldn't tell you anything else about it. And we had a TV back there. And I remember, I don't know what the hell it was, but they won an award, best band in the world. And that was the day where I'm like, I am their enemy now. Oh, man. Uh, Brain Stew. Nope, don't know it. It's the only song I like. You know what? Uh, I'm going to make a retraction now because they did come out with a rock band game. And rock band was cool. Bought a game. You could upload all the music to your permanent library. And I think I bought it on eBay. Is that true, Oksana? I think I did. I bought the fucking Green Bay game. Green, Green Bay? Bay. <laughs> I know. I got the cheese game. Hell yeah. Bart Star for life. Are you baby. eating another Oreo? Yeah, man. <laughs> you want one? <laughs> no. Maybe after we're recording. No. See, dude, here's the thing, man. <laughs> you got to get with the program. Rogan would Podcast? fucking no. punch you. They ate McDonald's on air, bro. Yeah, sure, but that was like a live stream. Does, does it matter? He's yelled at people on the show for eating. Let He's Joe, like, nobody wants to hear that shit. Let me tell you something. Joe Rogan would only yell at me one time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Until you started screaming. <laughs> he gets one time, bro. Come at me with that alpha shit. Out the fucking door, bro. All right. All right. Um, so, Oksana has pulled up an article that I wanted to read to both of my bitcoin boys here all right uh russell and randy russell i want to introduce you to russell okung an offensive tackle and now your newest uh your most favorite nfl player oksana if you could please go to that um last year uh oh i know about this per his contract yeah he yeah, wanted bitcoin in he, there. he requested that half of his salary uh be invested in bitcoin so uh oksana if you scroll down here looks like yeah, at the time, uh, Bitcoin was approximately twenty-seven thousand. Since then, it has increased to an all-time of sixty-one thousand. Um, so, yeah, scroll down a little bit more. Yes, so he invested six point five, uh, which was half of his salary, uh, six point five million. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL. Um, that six point five that was invested in Bitcoin has now turned into twenty-one million. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I followed this. Also, it's not at 61,000 as a, of the time of this podcast going up. <clears throat> Typically on Sundays, it dips. I think it went down to what, 56, Randy? I just looked right now. It's at like 58. Okay, yeah. But it, yeah, will, who knows what it up. will be by Thursday. Now, remember, a lot of people get scared. They experience a thing called FUD. Just power through it. The uh, market will go down more often than it goes up, but it goes up more. So Randy's uh, holding tight. Also, if you think Randy's rich, fuck you. He's worried about that. We'll fight. <laughs> He's also, poor. <laughs> uh, this is the new segment of the show called Bitcoin Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, we really got to sit down and talk about how to add things to that. Okay, well, we're not taking away the morning zoo riff. Also, I love how it's the only color of it's like the whole board is colored. Uh, by categories, kind of. Kind of. But Morning Zoo Riff is the only fuchsia-colored button. So I did that because when I was using the board every day, 
I just wanted to know what was new. And then the other shit, like green, that's like staple stuff. And yeah, I we should sit down and do that, though. Also, uh, Morning, Zoo riff, Morning Zoo riff provided by uh, Gothic King Cobra, the sexiest goth bad boy. God. He's got his album out uh, on Deathbed Records. If you want to check out um, Love and Vanity, I believe it's called. It's a Valentine's Day record that he could not deliver on time. So You could pick your nose, but you can't pick your family's nose. Dude, I swear. <laughs> he's got so many one-liners that just make me... Doesn't that just steam your snatch? <laughs> I like the one about his uncle. I think it's under family. If I had my uncle's knowledge of cars, do you think I'd be selling wands? <laughs> it's like there are moments where I'm just like, that's the most profound thing I've ever heard. The girls heard. in that movie are 11 years old, old enough to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> Again, him talking about cuties. <laughs> but he's also a fan of Charlie Steed's. Oh, that's the parse people. Yeah. I, again, that was, you know, I could have died that day. I know, which is so fucking sad. <laughs> it's the saddest thing you've ever so said. To one, me. Of, one of my favorite things is um, uh, homie Chad Lott over at uh, Scary Thoughts. He, he had DM'd me one day and he's like, dude, two hours of my life I'll never get back because I checked out King Cobra. And since then, I've made it a point where anytime Cobra kind of steers into his lane, like again, they talk about outsider art all the time. So Chad gets it. But, like, there's a picture that's been going around on Reddit where uh, Cobra's, if, you're, if you know anything about guns, I should show this to you later, Clark. Mm -hmm. He's operating a rifle that would, oh, I, I think you'd have a hard time looking at it because you could just imagine him shooting it, holding it that way. It's so brutal. So I just, I cold send him pictures like that all the time. And then, yeah. What was, I, it? was he loading it? No, he's at a range. Oh, no. He was at a range. Oh, there you, look at that. <laughs> and the caption under Reddit says Cobes with a gun makes me feel nervous <laughs> yep. Again I think the police confiscated One of his weapons He used to have a green um, handgun He had a shotgun And then Yeah I don't know uh, America? Hashtag well, We wish Josh a lot of luck in his future no, oh, he's dead. We'll get him on the show Honestly No we're not I know. I would never want to do that. It, I'd be Icarus and I'd get burnt. Um, I, yes, thank you. The thing is, I would like to get bite size on here. Uh, I don't know. He's making documentaries he online. He seems squirrely, though. No, he's good. He's an intellectual, man. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not squirrely. No, he's chill. He, he actually started doing live streams where he just... Um, is you know we'll have people in there and talk I don't about know. everything. Josh hates him, and Josh seems very reasonable. So. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right. Speaking of very reasonable, we're gonna get a couple of very reasonable reviews. Ooh, that's a good. <laughs> oh, Randy's Randy. reasonable review. Beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, your theme song goes like this. Oh, there's a really good opportunity <laughs> no, for. I love uh, it. Because you know it's coming, but you don't know it's coming, but you know it's. I wanted um, that movie that we teased for like four weeks and never delivered on. All right, here we go. Randy's Reasonable Reviews. <laughs> Some of you may throw up at the fact that I'm about to talk about a movie that is nominated for the Oscars. So, Ooh. Oh, I apologize. Admin, have you ever covered that one? Which one? Yeah. I'm joking. That was a joke. Okay, time. thank you. Randy, again, I apologize. I swear I take everything you say to heart. 
<laughs> you just intimidate me. And when you get mad, I get terrified and I get amnesia. I find myself a very non-intimidating person. So oh, no, no, I don't no, know no, where no, that no. comes Rogan from. Punk you out. <laughs> Dude, Randy and Rogan, Randy would fucking take him. If you and Rogan talk, how, what would you guys talk about, Randy? I don't know, man. It's hard, it's hard <laughs> to think about anything we like line up on, really. No, ayahuasca. Uh, I've never done it, but sure. <laughs> a, a, you got a psilocybin? Yeah, I've got like two experiences. Oh. Oksana's over here looking like, what the fuck are you saying? They're drugs. Are those steroids? <laughs> no. Randy's really into those lately. I think that's where the uh, hair growth. That's where all from. the rage comes from. <laughs> oh, fuck. Roided Randy? Dude, leave the machine alone, dude. How about Roided Randy's reviews? <laughs> all right, Randy. What what Oscar nomination bullshit are you about to bring to the table? It's a uh, movie called Collective. It's a Romanian documentary. Ooh, be it's my about, cat. Uh, Hundred snoring uh, thing here. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it, so I don't know if any of you remember in like 2015, there was like a, a fire that broke out at a nightclub in Bucharest. Yep. Uh, yeah, the band playing was called Goodbye to Gravity. They're like a metalcore band or something. Um, so essentially what happened in 2015 is, yeah, they were playing at this club uh, called Collective and there was uh, a fire that broke out and killed like 27 people, injured like 180 other. Um, and then essentially like people got mad and started protesting about the government because they, um, you know, were having buildings operate with not uh, great safety and precautions and like there wasn't enough like fire exits at this place. So essentially, um, them protesting that kind of changed the government a little bit. But afterwards, um, a bunch of the people that were in this fire that survived but had burn wounds um, were dying from infections at public hospitals. And these infections were coming from within the hospital, they found out. And um, essentially, there is this uh, group of uh, journalists. They actually run a, a sports journalism like website and uh they ESPN. Find, uh no it's it's like some Bucharest like central thing but um what ESPN. sports do they have over there? <laughs> it's called the, the sports cause the sports cassette is what the the institution is called. But essentially they break open the story about how the Romanian government uh and the health industry in the country is fucked and how um apparently someone was diluting um disinfectants that were being sold to like every uh, hospital, like within Romania, and uh, yeah, the kind of the the corruption <laughs> in what that. What were they diluting it with? They were just di- probably water. They're just yeah. it was like supposed to be like twelve percent of whatever chemical, and it was like tested at like one point three. Damn, dude, the, stepping on the disinfected, bro. Yeah. So. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prop Joe's gonna be mad. Was that, was that a trafficked episode? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got to step on this disinfectant. So yeah, there's a bunch of crazy stuff oh. that happens in this. And um, yeah, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but if you're into sort of journalism movies and sort of movies about like uncovering corruption or like fight the power stories, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting documentary. How long is this, Randy? Uh, 109 minutes. It's a little less than two. It's good, right. though. I never got bored. There, stuff just kept opening up and opening up. I was like, I don't know when or how this movie's going to end. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I like the poster. All right. Sorry. I was looking up the um, 
political stylings of Romania. Oh, there's also, they play the video. There's a video that was shot during the fire at the nightclub. And it's, uh, you don't necessarily, it honestly like reminded me of like found footage movies and stuff watching it, which is weird to say, I guess, considering this is like real, but you don't necessarily like see anything, but you see like all the chaos and you see the fire like start as this little thing. And then it just like, increasingly like gets bigger within like seconds and then like you know the camera drops and like people are like yeah it's just like chaos it's yeah it's horrifying it's like did you ever see the great white video when uh, i great think white i did when it was on the news yeah man i haven't seen it's it. so bad it's so bad I hate it so very much. I know. That's why I haven't watched it. I hate it so much. Because you much. bring it up and I'm like let's watch it and then you're like no 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 and, and then you go upstairs. It'll break and your heart room. man. Yeah, it's right, intense. Can you make a note of that. I'll I'll link it in the uh, podcast notes. <laughs> I'm I'm finally just buckled down and watch it. Um, yeah, you know it's interesting when we talk about government regulation because uh, you know I I know I preach a lot of uh, non-government regulation. I like privatized. I think locally you can do a lot more with that. So I looked up um, Romania's like political framework. It says there are semi-presidential representative de- democratic republic where the prime minister is the head of the government while the president represents the country internationally, signs some decrees, approves laws promulgated by parliament, and nominates as a head of state. Hey, America, this is where <laughs> you're headed. <laughs> no, it's just, it seems like there's a lot of power to individuals. It seems and, like that's a lot of fucking words, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, the problem is that it's like ripe for corruption, and I think what uh, a lot of people forget is, you know, the two-party system, they're at each other's throats all the time because they're like, they're, they, we check on each other. And in California, where we have like a one-party government, dude, our regulations are fucking crazy. Like, if you have a house and you want to move your mailbox, you have to get a permit, which basically, you know, is permission from the government to move a mailbox on your property. So like, I feel like, you know, society, we're constantly veering in between rails and it's like, we get in the middle and it's perfect every now and then. And then we go too far and it's like, well, now nobody's paying attention. Our building's burning, which again, Randy is over there in Oakland. And I've been to many warehouses that were like the ghost ship. Oh yeah. Same. And it's like, dude, they're cool, but it, they always feel kind of right. Like, yeah, man, all it takes one shithead. But like, what do you want? Do, like, I find myself, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable with that freedom, kind of like leave me alone. But uh, yeah, when you're doing events there and people, you know. Whatever happened with the ghost ship guy? Did he go to jail? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Randy, do you know? Not I, sure. No. Randy, it's local news in your area. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just stalling while Oksana Googles it. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. But- I, I'm. You sold me, Randy. Now, that's actually, it's nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, it's for Best Documentary, I guess, yeah. Oh, he pled guilty this year. Oh, okay. Pleads guilty. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, Damn. My, <laughs> oh, he pleads guilty to 36 counts of involuntary manslaughter in exchange for a 12-year sentence. Fuck. Damn, that's brutal. It's, it's tragic, but I mean, I feel like if you go to a show like that... You, you got to be aware of where you're going. You can't just have that like kind of like glazed over everywhere is safe thing. Yeah, but they live there. I know they did. Yeah. And again, like my my original dungeon master, that is the first one I ever oh, played boy. with. He used to live in a uh, warehouse where, you know, his neighbor was a glass blower. The lady who lived above him uh, was a trapeze artist. 
this sounds like a children's story. That's an Oakland warehouse. It's literally like uh, the ghost ship, where it's like it's literally a warehouse. Like we, we used to work in and yeah. ship out shit. Except you know, people come in with some wood and garbage and construct a wall, and then they rent that out. Yeah, like there were like thirteen people living in one warehouse with like. <laughs> code what the fuck is code yeah we get our electricity from an extension cord running you know a hundred mm-hmm. yards away and i mean it was kind of fucking cool i got drunk there and puked all over his place that sounds about right, <laughs> that sounds about right. yeah all right randy what else you got bad that's it but yeah why don't you bring up the other one and i'll, I'll join you oh okay yeah let me um there it is uh, so there's a, a new movie on Shudder. I think it just released this past week. It's called Slacks, spelled S-L-A-X-X. And it's uh, <laughs> essentially a, a movie about a possessed pair of pants that terrorizes uh, workers at this like fake, woke, trendy clothing store that says they're uh, doing everything ethically and sustainably, and they uh, they don't. They just, they're just bad like everyone else. And then this pair of jeans comes and... Uh, it's supposed to be a big seller and it, it starts killing people. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> Ooh, are we talking like attack of the killer tomatoes here? Are we going like in an absurd direction? Yeah. We, we get a little bit of, um, rubber. Yeah. I, I'm glue. Dubba dee, dubba die. <laughs> it's very, uh, campy and, you know, intentionally, uh, kind of goofy and funny at times, but I thought the kills were like pretty effective and, uh, you know, definitely like, ultra gory stuff like that when that happens and uh yeah i don't know it's like uh it's like 77 minutes long i think uh i don't know it was uh it was perfectly like it balanced goofy and like a little bit of seriousness well for me like i think if if it was just like completely goofy like the entire 77 minutes i may have got a little tired of it before but uh i don't know i enjoyed it my description of it was cute (laughs) <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way. How yeah. can you not until, mean it? <laughs> until it was not cute and it gets pretty heavy. And we're like, yeah. oh, this is where we're headed now. Okay. And the end of the movie is, uh, it's a bummer. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, the message of the film is essentially uh, fashion industry bad. That's kind of what we get. Now, I haven't watched it. I really wanted to. I couldn't find time. Um, terrible excuse. I, I probably could have. I will watch it later. But from what y'all are articulating, I feel like they're talking about a thing that I'm really big on, which is like fake corporate virtue signaling. Oh, th- yeah. look, yes. I, I, it makes me so mad when it's like, oh, the gap has a trans line. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, who are you to define this culture? Did you ever work for any retail I worked for Aaron Brothers, which okay. was a framing store. I think if you have any sort of retail background with any big box store, yeah, this is going to uh, connect with you on some level because it, it definitely goes into like the big box store mentality and like the, your dedication to this piece of shit brand. <laughs> and I, I think that the um, the jokes out there are, are uh, work. Um, the uh, the parody of it all really works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, it really takes a left turn kind of with the crux of the film, uh, with what is, uh, what is haunting these pants. And, uh, it, the, it, I, 
it lands, Randy, do you, what did you think about when it sort of switched up on us? I mean, I kind of saw where it was going from the opening. I don't want to ruin too much, yes. but um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was okay with it. I was kind of like expecting it to be something like that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was down for it. Yeah, I actually broke this up into two viewings. Uh, they were a couple hours apart. Actually, by a couple mm-hmm. hours, I think it was about six hours apart. So by the time that the second part happened, uh, I had forgotten about the intro. Yeah. And so it sort of like, it really took me. <laughs> and yeah, I was I like, oh, I remember this at the beginning. I don't know how you do that. Like I, you know, part of the reason I was I th- very busy yesterday. You're probably smoking the joint in between and like making food and coming okay. back. Yes. That's busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I can't. Oh man, I think part of the reason why I like found footage is just, I can't, if I'm doing something, I have to like, I have tunnel vision. It's what I'm doing. What are you, a foreigner? What? I got tunnel vision. No, but Oksana gets mad at me all the time. Like we, uh, I am, you know, I'm infinitely lonely and I like to be around her a lot. So whenever I'm working, I have to work next to her. But the thing is when I'm working, it's I can't hear anything else. So she'll be talking to me and she'll get very mad. Right? Correct. Yeah, she gets very mad. I'm like, it's not a I'm not ignoring you. I just I can't hear anything. Yeah. And uh when when you leave a movie halfway through, I just I it like I'm shaken. Not like the, the earth is cracking beneath me. I'm just like, how can you like okay, so we were cutting a trailer together. It was a great bonding experience. One of my favorite things that's uh, I've ever done in my Boy, life. You were digging yourself out of the No, but the thing was she's the she's the technical one. All I could do is add my opinion. And I kept saying, You gotta play it from the beginning. Like I can't like she's got like editor brain already and she already knows what it's gonna play like and she starts it from the middle and I'm like, I you can't. Like you gotta start it over. I gotta see the whole flow. Yeah. So when you fucking walk out of a movie, not only does the movie always get better the minute you leave the room, every time, but I just inconclusive. Do you do you really disagree with that? Inconclusive. No. At least he pauses the movie. He's not cooking with the movie on in the next room. Yeah, I will pause the movie. I don't let it run. I okay. can't. I can't let the movie run. It bothers me unless I have no interest in what's happening. On screen, which brings me to me closing out the series <laughs> The Crew with Kevin James. Are you actually going to talk about it? No, I got another TV show. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, so what do you all think? Should I watch it? Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. I don't, I get kind of mad about that. Like, you know, I, I know I preach like, like kind of like hacky libertarian shit, like free market stuff. And, uh, the thing is, you know, corporations, they do fucking suck, though. And when they get big and like the lockdown, it's only been helping them. So it's like, I I don't know. I feel like that movie, it's 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 t- touching on a theme that I, I really am into. And if they veer from it or kind of like mess with it, I'm going to be like too hard. I like how it looks. I like the kills. You just like looking at butts. It's fun. You know I'm a boob, man. <laughs> You know this. I know you like to submerge your cookies Dude, in milk. Nur- nurture over nature. Right? <laughs> I don't know. You do like talking about the the job of the butt quite a bit. Poop? Yeah. I mean, it's a necessity of life. I know. So which one do you uh, value more? Does poop make you uncomfortable? No. Well, I mean, as a, like a, a 
Western culture, you know, person. Yeah, kind of. Why? Well, I don't know. Remember, I always think about the triangle when they're out there and they have the open air toilet. Yeah. And it's like, that's where you go to the bathroom. And they're like, hey, we all do it. Like, get over it. It's a construct. And I'm like, yeah, they're right. I mean, why do you think the army makes you do it in front of people? It like breaks down the individual. Like, as I said, in Yazoo City, Mississippi, <laughs> at Manchester Academy, the visiting locker room, this is no. circa 2001, they had no partitions in between oh, the stalls. So, why? like, my my knee was pretty much touching the guy next to me when we were both pooping. Are you really? Yeah. And I know you wouldn't back down. I, I, I am a person who, I went to outdoor ed. I didn't poop for a week. I had no issue with that. And those were private you bathrooms. You didn't poop for a week? I didn't poop for a week. How does that work? Uh, mind over matter? <laughs> Bro. That's wild. I just, you know, I mean, dude, I used to be cripplingly shy. Were you pee shy? Uh, Did you ever have that issue? You know, I think every now and then I still do. Like, I, I never really had it, but there's sometimes where I become like hyper aware of the moment. Yeah. And I'm at like the war field and it's a crowded bathroom or, you know, what, the Castro Theater. And the thing is, oh, there's yeah. always a big line. Yeah. And then I get in there and I'm like, hurry up. Because with, yeah, with the Castro, it's a bit, it's like a whole theatrical thing to it, literally, because yeah. you're, you're, Generally, the line goes up the stairs. Yeah. And you're down there and it's like, I want to be quick. But yeah. then I got that weird urethra thing, you know, where I probably you still should having get, issues with should that? probably should get surgery done on that thing. You still have an issue? Well, it ain't getting better. I'll tell you that. So the thing is, it's just very slow. You got to take care of the pee hole. And I sit there and I worry and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're on the stairs waiting. And I know that movie's rolling on right now. Dude, that's a great picture of Adam. Again, no on such YouTube. That's <laughs> you're talking about your okay. Yeah, no. You're talking about your dick. We got our own dick on screen. No, I'm still well. When Adam, when um, they first came on the podcast to talk about the triangle, I think they're like, we listened to one episode and it was the one where uh, Oksana brought me into that Cenobite doctor's office and had them <laughs> put chains through my body in a camera. So it's pretty appropriate. I also don't know the name of that ep or the number of that episode. I'm not going to plug it. Briefly, I just want to mention that uh, season three of Drive to Survive <laughs> on Netflix. What the fuck is aired. that? That is the Formula One show. Uh, this show is the re how I got into Formula One season one. And then I watched the accompanying season. Uh, so season three of this show just came out, which... Uh, of course, wraps up last season, which was the COVID season, as you could probably imagine. Yay. The, the issues, I have longstanding issues with this series because of the way that they edit and how they do things. Um, I It's a little confusing and a little repetitive with the show because what they'll do is that they'll follow one team typically per episode. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll do like a season review within that. So when they go from team to team, there's repetitive uh, things that are happening. So, but it's told from different perspectives. So it's, I'm being very forgiving by saying it's sort of a Rashomon effect. But I honestly, if they had, would lean more into that, it would be better. Wait, so there's like locker room drama and then they get both sides of the story kind no, of thing? I mean, or? it's, well, kind of. 
if if that's the case. But my um, the issue is that what makes the show great is also what holds it back. What holds it back because they have great access to everything going on behind the scenes and. Mm-hmm. And me as a big uh, follower of Formula One, I knew everything that they were going to cover, but seeing a little bit of behind the scenes is great. Um, So, you know, there was a lot of drama in this last season, uh, just typically. And uh, they they did a pretty good job, but there were a couple of big storylines that they just completely blew past. So that annoyed me. Uh, And I think, honestly, that's just um, how they structured the show because all the the, um, film crews just following one team. So, it, I mean, and honestly, this is a particular problem with Formula One because when you watch a behind-the-scenes doc, sports documentary, which I know none of you do, but if you were to, <laughs> I used it's to. always pointed towards one team. This is the only reality show with sports that I can think of that focuses on the entire league okay. because there's because there's 10 teams and two drivers per team. So there's only 20 professional athletes in the entire sport. Uh, not including the reserve drivers, which are typically um, Formula One drivers trying to be in the Formula One or retired Formula One drivers who lost their seat. So um, that's not un- uh, so that is a very strange thing, honestly, and it's, it's a unique position for Formula One to be in. And frankly, this is probably the best way to document it. Um, however, like I said, the strength is also part of the weakness. But uh, yeah, pretty good show. Again, it's just the racing. I'm not into it. <laughs> you like Senna? Well, I, I do think documentary is an interesting format because it can bring you into topics that you mostly don't care about, but the approach can make it appealing. I uh, I really dug that um, the college football show you were watching. Which one? You talked about it on here. Oh, Last Chance You? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've never – I never had a team – in college football, and if you're a sports fan, you know you got to have a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, so I never, you know, found my way through that. But I thought that show was great. I love that, like Cinema Verte. Oh yeah, format. It's so good. And uh, you know, Drive to Survive is great. This the same team that did uh, Senna did this, and Amy. I think it's the same same group. So, uh, yeah, Drive to Survive. Check it out. Uh, honestly, it's what got me into the sport. So they do a great job. All right, let's talk about the film that I watched, and let's, let's be honest here. I don't know, I don't know what kind of conversation this is gonna. Uh, you know, everyone hates this movie. Russell, you were one of the few champions of this movie. Oh, really? And you've been telling me about this for years. You were like, "Dude, I think this is the movie for you." And I keep, I told you, I was like, "Dude, I don't know. No one really likes this movie. They say this is where the franchise oh, falls no. off." I apologize. Oh, so, franchise? Yeah. You know what I'm about to talk about. I do. Thank you so much. Versimilitude. <laughs> Human centipede. Oh, yeah. But again, you know, a lot of the art that we like, I, I, like Oksana gets very mad when I say this, but you're the only other person that gets it. Like the frogs. Yeah. I'm like, normally I put that on and people like yell at me to turn it off. And then you're like, oh, you, yeah, I kind of like this. And it's like, okay, cool. I completely understand why people hate this movie. Yeah. I also think that this is a grossly misunderstood movie, but I completely understand why it's misunderstood. It has no place in this franchise. In reality. 
Also that. <laughs> um, but also, Russ, you, you, you brought up a good point where you you also are aligned in thinking that this was misunderstood. And you said, quote, if Dennis Hopper was in this movie, everyone would love it. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. It, this was a movie in 1985. Yeah. Problem is, it's a movie not in 1985. It's a yeah. movie from 2015. And, you know, Tom Six, say what you will about him. Um, 69. He changed his name. I would have so much respect <laughs> for him. So much more respect for him. Um, I think, you know, man, like, is this sort of a masturbatory exercise and everything? Sure. But is it entertaining? Yeah. He made a fucking weird exploitation movie with, dude, the performance that Dieter Later. Is that his name? I don't know. Don't ask me that about actors. That sounds similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dieter Laser. <laughs> Dieter Laser? Uh, dude, right? Is it? Laz- oh, it is. Is it Lazar? You're right. Yeah. Give it some accent. I'm going to tell you right now. I uh, (laughs) to take your point with the Dennis Hopper thing, he gives a very Nicolas Cage like. That's the only way to like. Oh yeah, sort of uh, provide any similarities as to what he's bringing to the table. All cylinders are firing. Yeah, he he stretches out every. Randy, there are pockets of this movie where you have no idea what he's saying, and it really doesn't matter. (laughs) So he plays. Uh, this warden of a prison who's doing this whole cowboy shtick and he is German. He even says he's German. He's not trying to hide from that fact. But our boy, uh, Lawrence, um, what's his name? Chaney. Lawrence Lawrence Harvey. Sorry, spoiler alert. Totally worth it. (laughs) So Lawrence Harvey from, also we should say, Human Centipede 3 opens up with Human Centipede 2 yep. watching Human Centipede 1. Yep. So 3 is watching 2 watching 1. Yeah. That is the perfect introduction as to what's going on because Tom Six is like, here we go. Well, let you know. And also, I'm going to be in half the movie. Oh, yeah. As Tom Six. And, and they're mean to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws up. Yeah. Like, he's having fun. Are there horrible things in this? Yes. Like what? Name one. Well, like... I dare you. <laughs> when, okay. <laughs> um, there's a scene where Bill Boss, played by uh, Dieter Laser, um, he is a, a, a... He's not a good guy, Randy. Okay. Also, let's say he looks minutes from death in this entire movie. <laughs> he looks emaciated. He is completely bald. He is void of hair. And he just looks... It looks it, lo- it looks like he's about to die, and he is just he's he's not a good guy in this film. And <laughs> what happens is that he has a dream, and in the dream, the inmates are sort of taking their revenge on him. Uh, so one of the guy, also one of my favorite scenes that I've seen in a long time, where he chokes a guy out, and then they bring him back to life, and then he says, "Fuck it, I'll kill him again." <laughs> 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 That made me laugh so much. Anyway, so he has a dream where that guy uh, corners him and then he stabs him in the uh, kidney area and then has intercourse with that hole that he punctured in his body. What do you think about that? 
<laughs> I'm down. R- Randy, now here's the thing. I think you would dig it. Like, so first off, if you're a person and you throw on Human Centipede 3, you're already in a niche group. Like, there's sure. not a lot of people. Like, Human Centipede 1, which my my uh, my most... What do I have to say about the first one? I thought it was just kind of boring. It was an idea. They put it on the table. It captured a lot of people's interest. And then it didn't go anywhere. Dude, I think it may go three, two, one for me. Yeah. And and then you come with part two. <laughs> and part two is that idea. But it's like, that's a fucking, that's a nightmare of a movie. Two is worse than one. Two is like art house. Like people. In terms of dude, disgusting. Yeah. It's kind of like if a racer head was mean. And it's like. It's so good and it's so gritty. And then you get to three and it's not boring and it's not mean and gritty. It's literally manic fun. And it's like, but the tone is very confusing for people. It's just manic. It's all over the place and shit happens that contradicts every other movie. And it's like, cause I mean, so in part two, it was very like profound that part two was a kind of reaction to the horror community being like, when you put this shit out in the world, people try it. And like in the franchise, they tackle that. And they're like, here's a dude who doesn't know how to cut up people, but he's doing it because he watched a movie. And then you go to three and it's like, well, what are we doing now? We're making the human caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I remember watching it and then everybody was just like, it's garbage. And I'm like, you fucking bullshit. People if that was Dennis it. Hopper yeah. running around yelling, y'all would be making shirts out of it. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, like, <sighs> <laughs> it is hard to try to understand intent. And, you know, is it and, well, in terms of like Tom six, like, I don't know what do we, that's the other thing of like, I, I'm sitting there trying to like unravel what everything and like, what does he, did he mean to do that? I, does it matter if he meant to try to do dude, this? He's constantly making fun of his own shit. Like that's the whole movie. He's poking, he's literally in the movie and there he's mean to himself. Yeah. And it's kind of like a platform for Lawrence Harvey to not be a creepy black and white um, I don't know, awful human. I love Lawrence Harvey in three. Dude, he's so good he's, in it. He's great in three. Dude, it's, I don't know. It's totally, an, it, he upends everything. Everything is flipped on its head. And I think it's really interesting when you have an audience who, again, is watching Human Centipede 3 for whatever reason. Like maybe you're an unearthed weirdo and you just like, you like watching a baby fall on the, the you know, the bottom of a car. Or maybe you just like watching people get like, surgically cut and have poop come into their mouth or uh either way you're not going to be satisfied by this movie it's constantly putting its audience at ends and i I do i love it when film does that like look at how beautifully photographed part two is also randy in part three we get eric roberts which again should be a signal as a governor right is it but isn't so he's in a uh, political power position eric roberts in a movie in a horror movie what does that say like he understands what he's doing i love so and eric roberts for half the movie just goes his character just says a lot oh my god yeah and i think that's i think it's real i think that's i don't think that was scripted i think at least there's a couple scenes where you can tell and Eric Roberts, he's like, what did I sign up for? Because Dieter Laser is just going bananas. But also, it's like, 
it's like privatized um, government institution, right? We're dealing with a prison. Yeah. And it's it's kind of flipping that whole, um, what it dragged across concrete. It's taking that like, oh, this is a tough prison. They don't fuck around. Except the dude running it is like fucking Nurse Ratchet. And it's like bonkers, like what's going on there. And then you get a corrupt politician coming in who's just like, this is going to end my career. Like it's a disconnect with the people. It's a disconnect with the system. No, no respect for anybody's life in this film even comes up. And it's just a fucking shit show. Also, I'll tell you this. All three of these films could not look differently. Yeah. And I love how three looks. See, I love how two looks. I honestly think no, uh, two. Don't get is me wrong. Like, I love how two looks for what two is, but with how three is, I I think three is beautiful. Looks beautiful. So you're three, two, one. I think I'm three, two, one. I think I'm two, I three, need, one. I need to re. I need to rewatch one. There's not a lot there. Is the problem? I remember not loving. It's like a girl is driving around, and then she gets picked yeah. up, and they add him. And it's really the idea. The idea is there, and it was an indie film. I remember it showed out here. I think it played at the Lumiere, your favorite theater. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember seeing the poster and thinking, that's eh, not a horror movie. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, yeah. but I saw the poster and I thought, man, I wish I was a horror movie. I think I just misunderstood. I don't know how, but when it came out on Netflix, I watched it and I went, I was hitting myself. Like I would have killed to watch that in an independent theater, even though I thought it was kind of boring. I love the doctor in this as well. Yeah, Randy, um, again, <laughs> I know whenever I recommend something to you, it doesn't work. I think part one, you would also feel it was actually like subpar. I've seen part one. And what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it was okay. I didn't love it, it. It's a three. That's a three movie for me. For sure. It's a cool idea. Not much else. Dude, watch part two. I think it's going to be a little too gory for you. Like it's, it's very um, extreme in that regard. Yes. But uh, dude, you got to watch it. Like just the, the format, like it's Lynchian in a real way. And I think it's just, you know, building to shit that, you know, is coming in yeah. a slow, I'm not even going to get into that. I fucking hate calling anything Lynchian. I feel like it's so, <laughs> it's boring. I didn't Sad. realize Debo was in three. Oh, Debo's yeah. in three, dude. Yeah, R.I.P. Debo, uh, Debo gets his arm broken. Honestly, in a perfect world, I again, I feel bad because in our interview with Mary Beth, I mentioned the Alamo too many times. Actually, it might be in the portion that we don't, we're not airing. But uh, in a perfect world, the Human Centipede three would be playing at the fucking Alamo. That's an Alamo movie through and through. No, uh, disagree with me on that. It is I thought the same thing, but there's a lot of uh, language. And I, that's why I say a perfect world. If the Alamo wasn't actually terrified of like, they, they virtue signal so hard and they don't want to be on the wrong end of anything. And I think it's, it sucks because a lot of film, edgy film, I think can actually mold and expand like a culture. And we're, we're getting shy when it comes to that. And me I personally, I just think, yeah, I think three is misunderstood. I think it's a hilarious Don't walk film. me back here. Take <laughs> it for what... No, no, no. Take it for what it is. Take it's it for what it is. fucking good. And people are... I like it. They're overlooking it. I like it a lot. You know, I should Three start a website. We'll base it on The Shining. We'll call it The Overlook Theater. And Brie Olson's great in this. We'll talk about film that is overlooked. I think she was done with Charlie Sheen by the time she took this role. But uh, and What a missed opportunity. 
He would have if, if Charlie Sheen Charlie showed Sheen up played Eric Roberts part. If he would have <laughs> shown up in this movie, I think it would have been it would have jumped the shark. Also, Eric Roberts' hair in this movie is the most ridiculous haircut I've ever seen. <laughs> People just look disheveled. Oh, a hundred percent. The governor of this shows up in a stretch limousine. Yeah, and like has the, look at that hair and that two cent suit he's got on. I love it. Dude, he looks like he's running a uh, small town in the new Wild Dude, West. Yes. Uh, that or he looks like a two-bit divorce attorney. <laughs> like with a pocket square. Damn. I completely forgot you were going to talk about that movie. I I really like that film. Yeah, it's fun. I wish I knew you were going to watch it. I would I would it, it, it just happened. Um, did you I, watch the Blu-ray? No, I could tell. I'll, I'll tell you this. Russell, I'll tell you this. You didn't fuck and, up that Blu-ray, did you? No. Okay. Then I don't. It's fine. But listen to this. You're going to be proud of me. Oh, no. So I was watching Slacks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be a good pair to this because I haven't seen In Fabric. Oh, yeah. It's still in the shrink wrap. So I didn't oh, touch it. Oh, my bad. I should have opened it. I, well, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to unshrink wrap your movies, bro. That, uh, that seems like I a know. deflower. And I'll situation. tell you, if I didn't, honestly, I knew you wanted to watch it, but I want to watch it too. And you ask Oksana. I refuse to watch a movie alone. And uh, I don't know, Oksana. Would you be down to watch In Fabric again? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, let's I'd, let's open it up. Let's oh. live a little tonight. <laughs> Randy won't come over. We'll yeah, zoom you in. I'll watch it again. I think I watched it with Randy at the Roxy. Yep. Yeah, why'd you see this without me, bro? It was great. I was holding oh, hands. Oh wait, no, we saw uh, the other one. I think I was out of town when uh, this was playing. Oh. You're right. It was David Robson. Uh, I was there. We were there with him. And we watched uh, The Duke of Burgundy. Yeah. Singular, right. not plural. Thank you. you. You're doing good. I remember. it. The trauma you give me whenever I fuck shit up like well, that. Every just... time you say The Dukes of Burgundy. <laughs> well, it makes sense. There, there are a couple of women there, you know. Driving around in the General Lee. <laughs> All right, Russell, you're going to be the grown-up of this episode. and uh, <sighs> you're I'm gonna, so tired You're going to bring it home. Well, I didn't know you were going to bring up a banger movie that I was going to want to like. I told you this yesterday. So you're three, two, one. That's official. I mean, I don't see one uh, upsetting two or three. And the fun, dude, I laughed a lot in three. Three was really fun. Yeah. And two is not fun. <laughs> and I two looks beautiful and I appreciate two. Three, three, two, one. Now, what would you rate them on letterbox though? I am curious where like one and three would be. I know I I'm did. asking a lot out of you. I need to revisit one. Um, do you? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I would need to revisit one before I rated it. Two okay. is a, uh, I may give them both a four, <laughs> but I like three more than two. <sighs> Cop out. All right. Three and a half and four. I believe when we reviewed Human Centipede 2, I give it a five. But you all say I do that too much. You, you get Here's the so thing. many fives. When I though, get excited about a movie. I know. It's what, what, what would be a better movie? Right? I think it's beautiful the way it looks. Mank. I think, you know, I think I gave. <laughs> yeah, fucking. The movie it sounds like a typo. Um, so murder death, oh, murder death. Korea. The movie that sounds like a I'm typo. sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't read while I'm talking. Um, 
me two five star movie three that's a four star movie one that's a three star movie your math is troubling nah i just i know dude oksana where are you at um i don't like this franchise at all really boo two i think looks the best i like three the most because it was the least like one or two and i hardly remember any of one i remember having a good time watching three you didn't like it i like three the most we, you know we have this. reviews i think on the overlook thing. yeah uh, we'll I wasn't see. a fan of this franchise. I'll, I'll look it up and see if uh, my review like four years ago holds up. Having a good time. All, All right. right. My turn. Bring it home. All right. Uh, this week, I've watched nothing. Um, not because I didn't want to. In fact, watching a movie sounds really good right now. Um, Great. Let's wrap it up. I, know. <laughs> I can't. We've got a lot of editing to do. I, I just want to say I'm very proud of Clark. He's uh, been doing a lot of performing. Um, and I, it's good. And I like your writing. Also, I think we finally like, I perform and write in front of you every <laughs> week. Get the dude. Fuck out of here. I think, uh, it started with the, uh, creepy Clark show. You helped him out penning that one. And, uh, from there we've had a little bit of momentum, no pun intended. And I think I just want to keep it going. So I'm, I'm getting behind this car and I'm pushing it. Even when people are pumping the brakes, I just want it to keep going. Look at you with the race car analogy. <laughs> I know. Bro. I, I wanted to bring you back in. Um, so, yeah, we've just been working a lot on the Film Fest. We should have some YouTube stuff coming out. Also, last week, we didn't even fucking mention that we're doing a Film Fest. Hey, guys, we're doing a Film Fest. <laughs> it's going to be next week. We're bad at this, this clearly. Um, but yep, I think this week. If, yeah. <laughs> wow, how terrifying was that? Exactly. So when we're done here, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hit the ground some more, the digital ground, and I'm going to try and uh, raise awareness for this fest. And um, I've been doing that all week. And the main reaction I get from people is, when are you releasing the complete schedule? Now, a part of me just doesn't want to, because again, I really like the idea of a TV takeover where you tune in, you just trust us. Uh, we're going to put some obstacles in your way. But you're going to get through them and you're going to be rewarded. And again, if you know anything about us, we like to punish. And I love an audience that like really will fucking write it out. And at the end of the movie, I mean, as a horror fan, there's so many films who have 120 minutes of nothing. And then that final 10 minute climax is a thing that you'll talk about forever. Now, I'm not saying our fest is going to be that. In fact, we actually start out pretty strong to try and trick you into staying. But Again, I just don't think people have faith. And uh, I'm going to go Fred ahead. Fred said you have to have you faith. You got to have faith. You got to. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to read through the features. Now, the way that these are going to be presented on Friday is we're going to enter into uh, block territory. I know I've men mentioned that before. It's just we wanted to try and curate the film so that there is a uh, there's a language between. there's We've thought about everything and why it's playing before and after. And... Um, to really push that home, we put them in blocks to kind of wrap our head around what fucking 48 films, you know, the dialogue and the connections they can have with each other. So um, around four or five, I'm not sure yet. I think it's 4 p.m. We're probably going to go live and it's just going to be a relieve our anxiety of the technical end of this. And we're going to make sure everything works and we're going to show some films there. Now, these are going to be short films. Um, a couple we've shown before. Um, 
a new one from Travis V called Garbage Baby. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I know, I know when people see it, they're going to be like, this isn't found footage. Well, we know it's half. And this little like buffer area is going to be kind of like our room to play or show stuff that we wanted to show, but like, pre-show. but we might've thought it was kind of hack or it's not fully found footage. It sets the palette to found footage. Yeah. It's really just a like, you know, get in here. And if you start have a up. problem with that, <laughs> take it to Rogan. So I don't know. We're going to end there. And uh, at five o'clock now, again, that first hour is really going to set the tone for everything because we're doing one shot all the way through. If we hit technical problems and we go to like, we start at five 30, everything's off by a half hour. So even though maybe we might release the schedule later, I think we're really abandoning the time thing. So which is why the blocks is a good way to go. Yeah. And we'll be putting out blocks, but I really want people to like, un like get divorced from the idea of, Oh, I like this film and I want to show up just fucking buckle up for the ride. And, um, you know, if you have a job, go to your job, come home and turn it back on. Everything will be out there or just give us $10 and we don't care what you do. Yeah, don't watch anything. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I'm just going by features here. Know that, uh, our hired, um, gun Vernon Herman Salinger, he will be introing every block and maybe doing a little, I don't know. We will figure it out when Lord, we're there. Lord knows. Um, so first, the the first feature we're opening up with. Now I didn't, I did get this ready while we were doing other things. Although you won't be I able know to the tell. first feature. So it's I blame society. Again, we uh, we had Jillian on the show. Can uh, you pull up what episode that was? I got all the other ones ready it was except like three, for that four one. weeks ago. Yeah, not too long ago. If you're a regular listener, you heard it. Um, we're opening up with her. Then we're moving into a uh, Randy retread, if you will where we're going to be showing 1974 La Possession d'Altair. Is that close? Close, close enough. Um, this is a movie that we we showed at Another Hole in the Head, and uh, it never actually came into the Uff umbrella. So we're correcting that. Also, it's a Spanish film. It's good. And nobody's fucking seen it. Unless you were going to Film Fest and you're out there and doing Brooklyn Horror. Never, it's never gotten distro. It's never gotten distro. So we're going to finally show that. That's short for distribution, Randy. And um, <laughs> if you want, go ahead and go back to episode 170 where we had Victor on and we spoke to him about it. Uh, the next feature we're showing is um, Space Clown. That's a POV horror deep cut from the Clark Little uh, cabinet. Um, we're doing a little something fun with Graham. That's all I'm going to tell you. The next one, we're moving on to Reel 2. Now, if you remember, we... Uh, Hello, the, my friends. The Overlook Hour world was shook the day that we met a real slasher. Um, from what I can tell, he's not answering his emails as much as he used to. So he may have been apprehended. But I, I believe the last one he sent to you, Oksana, what did he say? He said the, the weather's getting nice, so people are starting to come outside more. So he's spending a lot of time in the bushes with the camera. Yeah. Yes, my friend. Yeah. And um, we're going to show Real 2. Again, it's a fucking solid film. Uh, Randy, did you see Real 2? No. Can't say I have. Uh, again, if you want to go back and hear our interview with Slasher Victim 666, uh, that's episode 201. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's, I think Randy would like Real 2. He's a lot of fun. I would like to work with him more. He terrifies me, though. Yeah. So, again, he's got um, the well, first movie. People. The first movie is for free on his website. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, the next film, 
uh, we're showing is Long Pigs. Now, Chris Power, singular. Good job. Uh, he made a hell of a faux doc. And we really, we showed it at F1 and we were very happy that we could include it. We thought it really strengthened our schedule. And again, it's still, it's a film that's floating around out there. Not a lot of people have seen it. Um, we also have an interview in this episode with Mary Beth from uh, Scarred for Life. And she'll be doing a couple of uh, Q&As for us. She's really the yin to our yang, where we're the self-deprecating goofballs. She's the highbrow um, smarty pants with a degree. So she, she, I think she's talking. Is that already? Can we? That was recorded already, right? I'm Chris sure. Power. I'm not sure what day they scheduled. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. She should have a Q&A with Chris Power. Anyway, Long Pigs. Great. Um, and if you want to hear an interview with him, we had him on episode 77. Ooh. I know, right? Now. Glory days. By this time, I have no idea. I think we're going to be past 1 a.m. now. And this is my favorite block. It's the only one that I had a, like, I really doubled down on um, the format here. And we're going to get into, like, internet rabbit hole stuff. Now, Madeline brought to the table a um, something I don't want to talk a bunch about now that I'm thinking about it. Kevin? It is a um, show up for that block, and you're going to get into the dark side of the internet. And um, one of the things that hit YouTube that I don't think a lot of people had the had framework to even understand what was going on is a uh, series of videos called I Am Sophie. And um, it's kind of like a vlogger um youtube channel thing and uh we think we're we're confident that we've put them together in a chronological order that might help you understand what exactly happened there if you watch it all and you don't get it that's normal but i think our we got a savvy crowd that that block is going to have a lot of youtube stuff in it or like live stream and uh we couldn't end a block without the one and only dark web monster charlotte's net and i i'm i regret to inform you oksana took a large pair of scissors and just cut the balls off of this monster and we've neutered it um briefly before i can't remember when we talked about the room on this show years ago i mentioned watching it for the first time on adult swim at like 2 a.m and they put a comedic sensor bar over all of the sex scenes they didn't cut them they're there. You just can't see them. And the bar almost has a life of its own, like this dumb little black bar. We did something like that. It really flips the script on the movie and kind of makes it comical. Now, I believe that James Dobbin Jones has the film for sale. So if you watch this and you're just like, I want to see the I want to see the meat here and the brutal truth. Uh, I think we'll probably throw up a link where you can go buy it. But our version, again, I'm talking to you, Mickey. I know we went on the three friends, which should be up by the time you hear this. He was not happy that this was going to be on the schedule. Again, to Clark and half of our, our programmers, it's completely palatable. Do not worry. It's almost funny. Actually, I'll go ahead and say it is. I was laughing when I watched it. Um, so then, again, if you want to hear an interview with James Dobbin Jones, that's episode two twenty six. It's also on YouTube. Then we, yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> um, then we move into a uh, 
a new film. I, I think it's played a couple film fest, but it's not available anywhere else right now. Uh, Dwellers, a faux documentary about um, homeless people disappearing. This is the one that was produced by members of Bang Tango and Megadeth. Um, this is some fucking... This, it's so weird when you watch people who are so talented in one area come venture into another because you get a weird mix of like determination and um, confidence mixed with like a, an outsider art. And again, found footage is the, this is the platform for that kind of um, articulation. And I'll tell you, Dwellers is fucking fun. So that's going to play. I think now where we're at is like early morning. I think we're in the, the wee hours like the sun's just coming up. Then we're going to move into the flower tapes. Now, if you're a, um, if you're a, uh, a real hardened found footage adventurer, you may know this one. It was circulating around on the internet a little bit. Uh, most of you will have no idea. This is kind of like an in, you know, no, I'm not going to say anything. The flower tapes, watch that. It's a Florida man, the found footage movie. <laughs> that's there a we, hard sell right but. there we go no that's good um then we move a little bit up on the east coast and we go to poser this is a film that oh, um yeah. madeline was in love <laughs> yes it's Trying a film about randy <laughs> so poser is kind of a um skate punk self it's kind of got like a vlogger thing going on a little bit of a faux doc and it's a drama with a hell of a soundtrack this one is a different kind of articulation. And again, we're into uh, the 27th at this point. Like we're next day. We really wanted to kind of give you that early morning theater vibe where we're not going to throw a bunch of weird horror stuff at you. We're going to give you more uh, cognitive kind of dramas or like, I believe at of two, we showed um, Midnight Swim around this time. And it's something you can really like mull over and enjoy. Is this the Randy movie? I think Zeros and Ones ah, is yes. probably the Randy movie. And uh, guess what? It's right after Poser. Say, I know how to set up shit. So, baby. again, we thought about this. So, if you're an early morning theater fan, yes, this is it's going to be mm -hmm. good for you. Zeros and One, we got a second screen thing going on. Again, we we talked to Eugene Kotlerenko. Kotlerenko. I, 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 there you go. Oksana? Yeah. Oksana? <laughs> Kotlerenko. Come on, really? Know. Come on. Just Putin's Kut listening. We Kut have the road movie. <laughs> uh, I can't do it. Oksana, come on, one more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you want to hear um, that interview, oh, God. What? That was like last week? No, two weeks ago. Two weeks. Okay. Two weeks ago. That would be episode 226. I'll, I'll die no. on that. Yep. 236. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm sorry. It's been a really long week. Um, then we move into, actually, 236 was Eugene. Following, we had Colin Johnson on here, who organized, holy shit, that was scary, part three, The Cloud. So that was last week. And uh, if you heard it last week, yeah, that's up next. I think, um, sorry, I started thinking about how he did four two-sentence horror stories. <laughs> And I just wanted to work that. I'm like, watch the movie of the guy that gave Creepy Clark four more weeks of content. Oh, yeah. Um, again, you, you heard that interview. Uh, it's fucking good. Then we move into Fake Blood. Fake Blood, it's a faux doc about... Um, <sighs> fake Blood has a really good dialogue with long pigs. 
and kind of like the craft of film. So I know they're spaced very far apart, but if you're just dipping in and out, chances are you're probably going to catch both of those. Actually, Long Peak is probably going to be like a midnight movie. But um, Fake Blood, it's another one that came out and lived in the horror community for a little bit. And now it's just, you know, it's out there. Um, Yeah, I hope we're going to frame these movies really good. And when I think of like Fake Blood and the relationship with uh, Holy Shit, That Was Scary Part 3, they're going to, they speak really well to each other. So this is brutal because I know nobody's going to be able to ride this whole thing out. Actually, we went on the um, cushion Robin show. What do they call it? It's like microdose, but like different. Yeah. It's the Bosnet microdose episodes. There we go. He threw down the gauntlet and said, I'm going to do it. And I said, well, what's the longest you've ever stayed up before? And I believe he said 36 hours and I believe him. (laughs) So, Steve, if you're listening right now and you're really going to try and tackle the whole film fest, please like document it. Please. If you, if you take Waitrix, if you figure out how to get that medicine and your eyes start bleeding, please film it. I would love to know that somebody rode this whole thing out. And then I would love to hear them yell at us for making it happen. Um, yeah, we got, we got another one. I'm sure you could guess that we were going to show descent into darkness. Again, this is one of those films that is very close to us. I think this is going to be the fourth time we're showing it. Mm-hmm. No, third. It's the third time. We showed it at the Balboa for the first year. Showed it at your house. That Okay, that does not count. <laughs> then we showed it at the Little Roxy. Yep. And now we're showing it on the internet. This is a film that uh, you've heard us talk about it before. Um, Raphael. He's a fucking character. I think when we did an interview with him, he was in an outpatient program. Yep. That's episode in France. In, yeah, in France. He was smoking a cigarette stereotype. And that is episode number 78. If you want to go back and check that out. Also, I hope you're excited. I know there are people out there who just have not been able to find this film partially because it's been recut and renamed a few times. It's got four titles. Don't tell Steinberg. I think we're showing the original version. Yeah. From the first year we did it, which honestly I think is the best one. Yeah. And I don't think you can see it anywhere else anymore. We got another thing you can't see anywhere else. Is that the next show? It's the next one. See, man, look at this, bro. So we got another exclusive. Randy, for cut you. that out. That was weird. No, I liked it. It was good. Also, um, Charlotte's Net, you're not gonna find that version anywhere else. Yes. So we're Thank on the, God. We're, no, that's the version that you could fuck with. I'm not going to. In the interview, you talk about a playroom upstairs. That's the version you could show in the playroom. Yeah, well, I don't like watching real people really die. I'm sorry. You can't see that in that version. We, I'm not going to see any version. Oh, my God. One day. One day they're no. going to they're gonna descend from your groin. And then you can come and watch adult films. <laughs> <laughs> so the next film we have was sent to us. Are you saying us. I'm going to come on dead people? No, what? <laughs> Wait, what the hell? Okay, uh, clearly we've been going too long. Randy um, in. <laughs> so the next film was uh, we received a package one night. It was raining. There was lightning and thunder. A package. It, was, it looked disheveled. It looked like the Amazon Prime delivery guy was having a bad day. It looked like he'd been kicked around. There was a little bit of blood on it. Does he ever look like he had a good day? <laughs> no. And Bezos, they- take care of that. <laughs> So we, we popped that thing open, and inside was a VHS tape with a note. 
nobody's ever seen this before, air it the night, and then destroy it right after. And we said, okay, please don't kill us. And uh, that was Murder, Death, Koreatown. In what I think um, Anon called a ballet cut? Yeah. I don't know. The dude is, um, he's a genius. And the only thing we can do is appreciate him. Wait a minute. There's another movie. <laughs> I thought this was the last movie of the night. Um, again, we talked to uh, Anon on episode 185, if you want to go back to that. And we got, oh shit, we got another movie. This just in. Yep. Uh, three weeks ago, I reviewed a film and I was lamenting the fact that I didn't think we were going to be able to show it. And I really wanted to because I thought it was a unique voice. Uh, Clark enjoyed it. We never agree on anything. So it was like, duh, we got to play it. And do you have no idea what it is? Oxana's looking at me puzzled. It is a God. I'm actually going to need you to pull it up because the full title is a lot. It's final entries. The diary of Matty O final entry. What is the full, the video diary of Matty O final entries. This is the one that I was talking about. Um, it's filmed by, uh, adolescent females, but it plays to the male gaze. And the third act is fucking crazy. We're talking human centipede three shit. And, uh, are we? I think by the time it does, we can have that conversation after the film fest. But uh, I think at this point, we may be breaking the 24-hour mark. Again, we, if you're coming into this and you, and you want to have a program in your hand and you're like trying to pick the movie you want to watch, just fucking divorce that idea. We're We're paving the new road. We are forging ahead. And again, it's just... Just throw on the TV, leave it in the background, terrify your family. Honestly, if you have little kids, you might not want to do that. A Don't lot do of the, that. The, the rating system on these things, let's just call them all R. <laughs> I, I think there are a couple movies that could probably get a PG. But um, yeah, these are just the, the features too. There's a lot of shorts in between. A lot of them are very short. And expect everything from vertical camera to um, vertical horizons to vertical horizons <laughs> and um i don't know I, i'm really excited to just get this thing going because i'm kind of terrified of it yeah i've been terrified for months i know i just want this to be over but you uh, my and i can so, go to my eternal slumber brandy you with me yeah randy? I, I had to pause <laughs> i had to grab some cookies as well <laughs> Randy, I love you. Oh, I'm so done. Good. I'm done. I hope everybody can tune in. Again, tickets are $10 for literally over 24 hours of film. Yeah. Um, again, three features that are exclusive to the Film Fest. There are also like, there's a handful of shorts in there that were made for us. So, I mean, and on top of that, we hired fucking Vernon. He's going to be doing a wraparound. Again, that is my main point of anxiety here. I don't know him very well. I don't know what we're going to do there. We don't plan a lot of shit. I like to come to this podcast with notes and ideas. And Clark's like, no, man, we'll fucking wing it. And Russell is someone who knows Vernon very well. <laughs> you know him better than you think he does. I am fucking terrified. I, I am. As you should be. But again, the format we deal with, if the camera, if we film this and I, let's just say it's a camera on a tripod and it flipped and the camera lens broke. 
that wouldn't be outside of the films we're showing. Yeah. So I feel like we're we're kind of untouchable. I yes. Just, I, I just want yeah. people to have fun, though. So, yeah, come hang out with us. Again, there should be a live chat. Like, this is another thing that we're going to have to figure out in that first hour. So, y'all, y'all oh, have fun. God, man, I am so anxious. All right. We did it. And now it's time for our interview is a strong word. Wait, hold on. I remember I watched the movie Beth. this week. Can I can no. still? Okay, good. Wait, what's the title? I'm lying. Okay. <laughs> Not worth <laughs> Now, I had to put... So typically... You know what? We're going behind the curtain on this All right. One. So typically, when we wrap up an interview, uh, the second we wrap it up, I leave the table mm-hmm. and I go to the bathroom. Typically, because... I mean, Randy, we're approaching the summer months. You have to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. This is so I'm I'm generally drinking something during the interview. So right when we end it, go to the bathroom, and then I'll typically wander around the house for about ten to fifteen minutes as Russell closes everything out uh, with our guest. Russell does basically. I say, "Hey, I love you. Thank you so much. We are not worthy." And um, <laughs> here we need more shit from you. Yeah, and it's that's like, typically how this. Works. I dig in the closet like you can never get away. Uh. Unfortunately for this one, this one was an extra hour of wrap-up time. So uh, I think we recorded out. most of it. We recorded half of it, I think. Yeah, I yeah. got all of it. We, you held Randy hostage for an hour. Here's the thing. How do you feel about that? So we're talking to another podcaster, and we've only done that a couple of times. We had Mickey from Three Friends on here. We had Chad from uh, Scary Thoughts on here. And... I don't, it's like a different type of thing. And I know that mean, like, I can, I can never shut the fuck up. And I really try. I really did. Like, even on the three friends episode, I just can't stop talking. I like being around people. I'm aware. But here's the thing. You do it too. To a degree, but I know when it's time to wrap up. You're also a little steamroller and you like to roll over people. What, for time. <laughs> Not for time. When Ra- time. Randy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to weigh in there? Now's your moment. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> See, he's a good friend. The thing is... When do I steamroll? The thing is, Mary Beth came to play. And I was really worried. I'm like, oh, man, she's she's got a degree. She's intelligent. This degree shit. You, <laughs> you have got to stop this. What? You have got to stop this whole, like, intellectual inferiority complex well, you, you have. Know, when, I'm, when I do a podcast with three other people who all went to college... And hold it over my head every day. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> also, I don't mean to tell tales out of school here. Oh no! Here. Oh no! You can go to school if you want to. Is that oh. a song? <laughs> go to school if you want to. What is that melody? All around. Okay. The world. Okay. Yeah. You brought it home. It was tough. Um, you can totally go to school if you want to. You yeah. want to learn a trade? Anyway, <laughs> like what? What? Like. I kind of do. I was looking at like blacksmithing and stuff because, you know, you got me into Forge and Fire. And, uh, Forge and Fire is great. I, are all the episodes available on Netflix? I feel I, like no, they jump around. I think, I think Hulu's got most of them. What the Hulu fuck? gets weird, though, too. Fuck a Hulu. I'm with you. Because we just watched the Kung Fu style one, and they're like, earlier we did slasher weapons. And I'm like, where the fuck was that? Kung Fu Hulu? Kung Fu Hulu. <laughs> anyway, Mary Beth is down. She's family. We love her. So you can listen to Mary Beth right now. 
Yeah, that's why I thought it was so important that we had you on the show. It's like, so we have a mutual friend. You know Madeline, right? Yeah. Hold okay. on a second. I it doesn't look like my levels are popping up on mine. Can you still hear me? And am I recording? I just don't want to fuck up the recording. Yeah, I I see yours. I'm having the same thing on mine where I don't see my waveform. But uh, okay, but you I'm guys seeing yours on. I'm seeing yours on my end. Yeah, okay. we we see your we see everyone's. Yeah, okay, the, cool. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Sorry, I just like didn't want to fuck worries. up this recording for you guys. Oh no no, that's our job. <laughs> oh dude, so, sure. for the so, film fest, Clark's playing a character in uh, VHS, and we um, you know that that film Dwellers that's coming out. It's put on by a one of the producers as the bassist for Megadeth, and we recorded this like space ghost type of video interview that is kind of just like jokey and when we were done we were like dude it's always great to on the we did this on our back porch and on this day uh i insulted the bassist (laughs) of one of the biggest bands in the world and uh and and then the director of that also offered me a movie role in costa rica (laughs) it was a very strange day uh, but yeah, that's always fun to insult, you know, uh, a huge, um, a guy who's got a uh, huge reach all over the world yeah, uh, legend on your back porch. And then, um, while we were all patting ourselves on the back going, Hey man, we did it. Look, we're figuring this thing out. Then we get word. Hey, I can't find the recording. No, <laughs> oh, no. Here's the thing. That's not the first time. That is not a foreign <laughs> feeling. That is, <laughs> we've experienced oh. that. Many times, oh Randy, your thoughts <laughs> as engineer of this show. I've only lost one or two. Long time ago, though, it's been a while. I know, Randy, you've been engineer for uh, over four years now. Yeah, Nilo was engineer for half a year. I think Nilo has doubled the amount of of mess ups. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty good track record. Then again, you have done far less drugs than he has. So. <laughs> True. I'm so, catching up though. That Troll. is true. You just take shrooms and go see, you know, uh, Terrence Malick film. Terrence Malick films. <laughs> oh boy, that sounds, that sounds like quite an adventure. His newest one is not the best one to do drugs to. That's for the sure. Hi- which one was that? Hidden life. A hidden life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in the, not. In the hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the sound of music. Is that, is that what? Is that what the music was? Is that what this uh, film was about, Randy? Precisely. The the sound of music. Yeah. I'd go see it. Was that the theater that flooded too? No, that was in uh, Atlanta when I was there for work. That was during um, the Brad Pitt space movie. Mm. Ad Astra. (laughs) Yeah, that one. I wish my theater was flooded, so I could have skipped that on that. (laughs) Oh my God. How do you really feel? It was boring. I didn't even see it. <laughs> I had no desire to see it. Oops. Marbeth, I, I have issues with space films. Really? Yeah, because I think space is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but okay, why is space bullshit? I want to hear. All right. Let's look at, okay. Because the world is flat. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I have to go. <laughs> oh, no. Think about it. We, what did we I get tricked into? <laughs> We have so much of this world we have not yet explored. 
we've only explored 10% of the oceans at best. We don't know what's under there. Okay. It's a jungle you can't see. And now we've got Elon <laughs> Musk talking about Bitcoin and Mars and everyone's freaking out over him. Okay. We don't need these distractions. Did we you just call the ocean the jungles we can't see? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, thank you. I just needed that clarifying point. <laughs> You're free to use that. I will. I like that. I never heard it before, but now I'm going to say the ocean jungle of the sea. Yeah, space is, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I th- also, space takes, we take it too seriously. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Most- most uh, things in space are not fun. Ex- now, one of my True. favorite films of all time is, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's really... Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you don't like space movies, and you just said your favorite film is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Correct, because it's, it's, it's about more than space. <laughs> you're, you're a man of contradictions, and I appreciate it. I just met wow. you. I'm sorry. I'm saying that I, right now. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed I it. I completely agree I'm a man of contradictions. <laughs> Uh, but now, but see, I mean, you know, this is what happens when you grow up as a, uh, a stout Protestant in Mississippi, and then you move to godless California for the last 10 years. Okay. Okay. But the ocean is terrifying. I am going back to this because you've brought up what scares me is the ocean. The ocean is fucked up and I am terrified of it more than space because it's here. (laughs) Like it is not that far away from us. Space, it's like it's all theoretical at this point. Like I try not to think about it because it's that scares me from like an existential standpoint. But I don't want to think about it. Did you see Greenland? (laughs) <laughs> no, I did not see Greenland, oh, the, the Gerard Butler out. disaster movie. <laughs> yes, you're missing out. Am I? Oh, it's it genuinely stressed me he, out. He just likes it because the comet was named after him. That is also <laughs> also you should you should introduce us this time. Last, who did we talk to last week? Eugene, and he was like, I don't even know any of oh, your yeah. name. Yeah. Well, I, I, hi, Mary Beth. My name is Clark. <laughs> hi, Clark. And then that is Russell. Hi. Hi, And Russell. then Randy is our engineer who barely speaks. Hi, That's Randy. me. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. Greenland. <laughs> I don't know. Russ, what do you think of Greenland? It uh, genuinely stressed me out. Um, I don't. I, uh, things. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. One of my favorite pastimes is sitting on the back porch, just listening to podcasts or now it's baseball games. A constant fear is things falling out of the sky and, and hitting me. Yeah. Which is not uh, limited to uh, bird poop and or satellites or uh, scaffolding. Scaffolding. <laughs> scaff- <laughs> it's because your last name's Little. It's like Chicken Little. You're scared of shit falling out of the oh sky. Oh my God. Did you just fix me, dude? Dude, when you were still doing stand up, I wanted you to have a poster that was like a Chicken Little playoff. It wouldn't have worked. I understand that now, but. Try it now. No, it, it doesn't work. You're very good with uh, Photoshop now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll make a poster. All right. The, can we? Can it be the new thing for the show? And yeah. you just have you and Randy in the background? The chicken little owl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get started. How do you want to talk to Mary Beth? I don't know. I'm worried, I know Mary Beth. worried about everything. Well, I'm worried that, you know, our, the community of found footage horror is so few and far between. Oh, is this is what we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Eventually, you, you got to strap up, Mary Beth. We go very quickly now. Zero to sixty. Here we go. I, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I got it. <laughs> Your family now, so get used to it. It's hell yeah over here. I love it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm worried that we'll get on a tangent that will never end because how often do you run into people who just have a lot to talk about, like Koji or like just, uh, I don't know, foreign found footage, oh. let alone like independent shit you find on Amazon Prime. So I think instead of talking about baseball and shit falling out of the sky, maybe we should talk about your podcast, which is very good. And uh, we'll go from there. And if baseball and or shit falling out of the sky yeah. works itself into that, we just roll with it. All right, cool. I'll find a way to transition into it. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure about baseball because I don't really know anything about sports. So, but I'll try. That's fine. That's why I'm here. <laughs> don't encourage him. <laughs> Please don't laugh at his Fair. joke. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, how? Now you have an interesting story on how you met your partner. In your podcast, right? Yes, I do. So I am the co-host of the Scarred for Life podcast, where my co-host Terry and I talk to people in the horror community. So we talk to writers, we talk to directors, we talk to podcasters, we talk to artists. Basically, if you have something to do with the horror community, we want to talk to you. And we specifically talk to them about the movie that scared them as a kid, that scarred them for life. So we have talked about everything from like Poltergeist and Jaws to kids movies like Watcher in the Woods and The Rats of Nim. So we really runs the gamut um, of really cool stuff. We've talked about some amazing, some amazing movies. So Terry and I met on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Twitter is not a total garbage fire. So Terry and I were mutuals for a while. Like I had written for Gaily Dreadful for Pride Month. Um, and he tweeted out one day, hey, I would love to do a podcast about movies that scared you as kids. And I had had the same idea years ago, but this was before I was really like in the horror community and before I knew what I was doing. I wanted to do it by myself and interview people from my family, like very low key. And he said that and I messaged him and said, I had the same idea for a podcast. I want to do it. And so we were just like, fuck it. This is too serendipitous not to do the podcast. So we started it. Um, and here we are almost two years, about a year and a half later, almost 100 episodes in. Now, you were writing at the time and you went into podcasting. We... um. We used to do a blog where I would write about horror and, and I was like, I have to write something every day. And I found out once I started doing the podcast, I couldn't write anymore. I think I can articulate better verbally. Like, have you had any problem with that? No, because I don't think I'm that good at articulating myself verbally. But I say that and I've had a podcast and I'm just starting another one. So whatever. I think my brain just goes a million miles a minute. So... Yeah, I haven't had a problem. I think the only problem is just like the time because Terry and I edit the podcast ourselves um, and we do two episodes a week now. So it's a little, it's time consuming in a good way, but it is like, it takes up a lot of my brain space in terms of planning, editing, interview questions and stuff like that. So now for Gaily Dreadful, did you write a lot about found footage or is that kind of like, were you like a closeted found footage fan? Pardon the pun. <laughs> No, actually, I only wrote for Gaily Dreadful once. I oh. write all over the internet. So I did Gaily Dreadful once for Pride Month, but I write usually oh, a lot of different places. I'm a freelance horror person. And I liked found footage. Like I loved Blair Witch Project. I'm from Maryland. I don't live that far from Burkittsville. So always had an obsession with that. Um, I've liked found footage a lot, but then actually the, during the pandemic was when I really dug into the independent stuff that you don't really hear about on Amazon. 
And so I started tweeting about it a lot and started pitching to places like Certified Forgotten, to Paste Magazine, to um, Daily Grindhouse, just to let kind of just like talk about found footage all the time forever. Now, you talk about digging into Amazon Prime <laughs> and finding the uh, found footage people aren't talking about. The yes. first thing that pops to mind is the 100 films by a Nigel Bach uh, titled Bad Ben 1 through 8. Have you dug into that I at all? I have not. I have been <laughs> reticent. Oh, Mary Beth. I... You got you got to take that jump. I got to take the jump. Okay. No. Here, let me I, give you I know I know a lot about it because I'm in like these found footage Facebook groups and I'm like they talk about it all the time and it has like that kind of cult following within a cult fo- you know because it's like hard to say it's a cult following because it's so tiny but like people seem to be obsessed with bad ben and like the recurring franchise that it has become so when 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 people talk about bad ben what they're really talking about is nigel bach mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, that's the vibe i've gotten a hundred percent because nigel bach is has become this underground institution <laughs> that we we need to protect him and we also we need to shield him from the world i think okay because with night, so when you look at Bad Ben One, um, and we we've talked about this on the show, apologies, but um, essentially he was in his car, he was trying to make a film, he had just received a phone call that the actors fell through for his film, and he had nothing. All of them, all of them, all of the actors. So he had nothing yet. <laughs> One call and it was like everyone's out. <laughs> yeah, he was waiting on one the last person, I think. Yeah. Wow. And he said that they that they said no, and. But the one thing he did have was the will to make a movie regardless. So he turned on his phone and started improvising. And then, a la, we have Bad Ben 1. Um, I I stand by Bad Ben 1. Then comes Stillmanville Road, his sequel. Now, we were actually the first people to see it because we got in fairly early with Bad Ben. So he sent us a screener to Stillmanville Road before he sent it to anyone. And it's nugget <laughs> because he completely um, everything that succeeded in Bad Ben One he abandoned in Stillmanville Road. Oh no! He, he went bigger, and it just didn't work out. Bigger is a kind way to put that. Yes. Well, when I say bigger, I mean he added more than one person <laughs> to the oh. film, and he's not in it. And oh, that's that's where it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Uh, then he then now he's been in every film since, so it's he sort of figured it out, and um, he's just a he's a lovable maniac. Well, the thing with Bad Ben is he kind of tapped into that natural like verisimilitude, where you're watching it and you're like, I don't know what the hell this is. Like <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood has never given me anything remotely like this. So as like a curious viewer, you're just kind of like. Where are we going? Like the, the movie opens with a vertical phone shot in the interior of a car. And it's a dude pulling up to his real house that looks like people don't actually live in. Okay. It's, it's bizarre. And it's like, it's got that A24 slow cinema thing going. So mm-hmm. we're like, oh, he's got like pacing and he knows what he's doing. And then there's there's a couple jump scares that really work and nothing's really explained. And then it ends. And you're like. I can't tell if that was high art or like outsider art that just confuses people. And then and he's got this very strong, like 
Philly, New Jersey accent. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm from the East Coast, so I <laughs> I know that accent well. Oh yeah, yeah. And then part two came out, and you're like, oh yeah, it's kind of one of those magic things that happens when a um when a filmmaker just has no budget and is forced into the found footage medium. Hell yeah. Yeah, you gotta check it out. Like, did you watch Hell House LLC? Yeah, of course. So it's a a similar thing with Stephen Cognetti, where he's like, this was not supposed to be a found footage movie. And then you're like, I just watched it. How could you say that? It's so (laughs) perfect. It's so good. I love Hell House. I don't necessarily know what to say about the other two. Oh. Um, Yeah, it sounds like you do. (laughs) <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So we had Steven on this show twice. And the first time he was like, yeah, I'm going to do part two. And it's going to be found footage. And I'm like, dude, I've been talking to you for an hour. And I can tell you don't want to make a found footage. movie." <laughs> and I was like, my, my advice is don't like do what the story wants you to do. And he said, no, I think I owe it to the fans. And I'm like, there's still a good couple like yeah. uh, built scares in there. But yeah, it, d- it didn't work. No, I think it's one of those things where it feels like the first one was so good that they wanted it's like they wanted to make more and like get into the lore of the Abaddon Hotel. But I didn't really need to know any more about it. I kind of love it when it's just like very much mystery left behind it. Like, I don't want I don't I didn't need anything else explained. I I didn't feel that way. I was like, nope, we're good. No more. Now that we've dragged you into the unnamed footage festival family, uh, you can be a part of um, convincing directors to make found footage. Like uh, that's you recently, all I want. That is all I want. <laughs> right. So you recently talked to Jordan, and uh, we had him on here too. And when I found out before making Seder, he made Spectre, uh, a film I still haven't seen. But dude, he does not talk highly of it. He's like, oh, that's I'm embarrassed no. of that first movie. Did you ever check it well, out? Because he's an artist. I never did, actually, especially because he was shitting on it when we talked to him. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I do. I not see it. Like, <laughs> what should I do here? See, it's it's always hard to gauge people when um they're talking about found footage, because I think you really got to live in it. And I don't know, try and intellectualize this thing that people don't care about. And then you can walk away and be like, no, there's something really here. And I think a lot of directors they end up making movies and they're like, it was garbage. And plus when, when you and I especially hear things like that, when, when we hear someone, especially like a director talk about their previous work and if they undersell it or have negative things to say, that immediately draws us in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and like Spectre's all about a tsunami and an earthquake. And like, I don't really know much found footage that I, takes place around that. So even like that, that piques my interest because I love it when found footage movies take angles on things that we've never seen before. And even if it's not the greatest, I still admire that kind of swinging for the fences. Like, let's just fucking try it attitude. Well, and like faux documentary is such a, it's such a broad palette. Like, I mean, um, people would like, I've talked to people who are just not fans and they're like, I hate shaky cam. And I, you know, I just, I don't like watching movies where I already know everybody's going to Is that die. argument still valid? It, do people still make that I, argument? If you're yeah. only... If, as far as you can talk to found footage as the Blair Witch, yeah. I really think um, it's gone away. Yeah. But I mean, and then you you bring up a movie like um, What We Do in the Shadows. You're like, yeah. that's that's a faux doc. And it's all on a tripod, I, I promise you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't exactly. I, <clears throat> so what are some of your favorites? 
Oh, what are some of my favorites? Okay. Um, this is always a hard question because there are so many really good ones. But so I really enjoy um now we're gonna judge you. So make yeah. sure that <laughs> yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that they're undiscovered. Okay. I want at least one that we've never heard of. Okay. And uh Maybe a backstory to one that we loved before, but now we're going to love even more. And there's a couple where if you say them, <laughs> it's going to go we're down. We're going to judge you. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm just going to live my truth and see what happens. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm looking at my letterbox because I'm like, I need to be very precise and very careful about what I say, apparently. Right. That's um, what we expect. <laughs> okay, so my current favorites are A Cult by Koji Shirashi, who did Shira oh, I'm such an asshole. Shirashi. A cult by him. He did Nori the Curse, and I really loved A Cult. I Mockingbird by Brian oh, damn, Mockingbird. damn it. Yo, how uh, of three films you mentioned, I haven't seen two of them. You already really? win. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, and literally then- I went on a hike just before talking and I was listening back to your um, Koji episode. And uh, when you mentioned that a cult was on YouTube, I came home and I put it on YouTube. Hell yeah. Like, Isn't it so good? Well, I only watched like the first 10 minutes. I'm like, fuck, I got to, oh. I was going to start it and then come back to it after we talked to you. But I'm like, I got to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I mean, like, and Nori is like a whole other level, but a cult is really like, it's got like Lovecraftian slash cosmic horror vibes. And I just, I, th- I think it's amazing, but yeah, that Mockingbird. And then there's this movie called Cronewood that is, I think really crucial for found footage because it, it deals with this really interesting flowing of gazes between men and women and the way oh. that we view sexuality in found footage that I think is really fascinating that I've never seen before. Wow. Cronewood. I know that cover. That's on Amazon Prime, right? Yes, it is. <sighs> Look, I try to be open-minded. I mean, we, we'd love found footage horror. That's the cover that I looked at and I skipped over a million times. Like it's on <laughs> yeah, my watch I, I know. And th- that and webcast, um, Ooh, they're yeah. both like full quarry found footage and webcast cover is so terrible. Yeah, Like I've said this a million times, but the one on Amazon is just like, it does not sell it at all. Like it looks so generic, but it's really such a cool concept. Found footage folklore is like chef's kiss to me. So yeah, I, I, yes, the do not do it any favors. Have you talked about webcast on your podcast? I don't believe I have, but I wrote a piece about it for Certified Forgotten because that's a really good place for me to write about found footage because most... <laughs> Most found footage is certified forgotten. So I wrote about that one as a really good folk horror found footage. And yeah, I've written about that one. And I I wrote about Cronewood. That piece is coming out this week, I think. Or I don't know when this is coming out. But yeah, coming at end of March. So one of the cool things we get to do with this film fest is um, essentially what you're doing. We just, you know, jump on Amazon Prime and we're digging around and um, Oksana, who you've been talking to through email, she found webcast and she was like, man, I'd really love to show this movie. And we reached out to Paul McGee and he was like, yeah, like, uh, you know, the movie hasn't really been getting a lot of, uh, eyeballs on it. And he was like, yeah, I'd be open to it. And then, you know, a couple months later, he ended up flying out to San Francisco to come watch the only time it's ever played in a theater. Oh my God. 
Yeah. And I mean, out here in San Francisco, I mean, God, we run a found footage horror fest for a weekend uh, next to like SF Indie Fest. Ne- there are so many film festivals out here that are so highbrow and like, I don't know. There's so much clout. And then we got like this weekend where we try and get people to come slum it with us at the Balboa. And I want to come so fucking bad. You have no idea. Like, this is my shit. Like, this is something I've always wanted to go to. Like, ever since I found you on Twitter, I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted. (laughs) Well, you're forever invited. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so we had a we had a critic out here who was programming for the Yerba Buena Center of Arts. And they do like highbrow, but they do a lot of like uh, they showed uh, ginger snaps on 35 millimeter for Halloween. Yeah, and it's like, they get it. And now, um, one of their programmers, he's a pretty tough critic of the stuff we show, because we do love a bad band. And he came up after webcast, and he went, you know what? This might be the only found footage movie I've ever watched that had likable characters that I like really was rooting for. And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> there are right, a lot of terrible though? people. Yeah. Bad Ben crushed in the theater. I, I it won, right? Webcast. Yeah. Well, what did I say? Bad Ben. Bad Ben has infiltrated your subconscious. <laughs> Definitely has. I we have be, uh, Madeline, uh, who we have previously spoken of. Um, sorry to end this innocent preposition. She how fucking dare yes. Bad Ben. <laughs> so she wants nothing to do with Nigel Bach. So we, I, I slowly, I think we have finally whittled her down to where we could maybe show one at some point. But um, I do think if we did show a Bad Ben, I think I would give it a good enough intro where it would uh, play well. Have, Pat have yourself you, on the back there, huh? Well, now I mean, have, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Have you seen the Blackwell Ghost? No, because I <clears throat> I have no. See, see. All right, that's the thing. Like franchise. I, I mean, outside of Bad Ben, I yeah, no is the short answer. Because honestly, like franchise horror, franchise films, I'm pretty hesitant to get into. Now hold on. Okay, franchise film is a strong word. This dude is making like it's on Amazon Prime, and probably like twenty people have seen it. I understand, but the, 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 <laughs> over, the overarching term franchise, meaning multiple within the system. So, <laughs> no, I she made my argument. Uh, it's not a franchise film. It's kind of like Bad Ben, where a movie came out and people enjoyed it, and they're like, "Let's do it again." The thing with uh, Blackwell okay. Ghost, he went under a paywall after Part Two came out. Yeah, that's right. It, he did, and I was so mad. <laughs> I knew, and the first one, I mean, so the blog we uh, that we used to write for every day was uh, it was the Overlook Theater, and it was really just a way for me to trick all my friends to come over and watch horror movies with me. Hell yeah. So there, it was like a format. It had to be five people. I'd show them a bunch of crazy shit, like crazy as in just like stuff they would never have watched or sat through otherwise, like the, the Blackwell ghost probably. And uh, they would review it and I would just put it up there and we'd talk about it after. And it was kind of like to get a post theater kind of like movie dissection. And yeah, we had so much fun with the first Blackwell ghost. And when part two came out, it was behind a paywall. I'm like, well, now I got to get everybody back again to do this. And it kind of, I don't know, we kind of stopped doing it around that time. But he's up to like part seven now, right? I think so. I've seen, I don't, I've only seen one and two because I really liked that, like the kind of continuity between that house. Because I thought the first one was actually pretty creepy. Like yeah, it got yeah. me a little bit. I 
I'll admit it. <laughs> um, in, it's weird when you're talking about like Amazon horror found footage. <clears throat> whenever I bring up the Blackwell ghost, I always mention that he flies a plane in the movie. Yeah. Yes. He flies a fucking plane. Yeah. He's got like a little private like jet on his property and he's like, oh, we're going to go investigate a thing. Now you say private jet. You mean well, like, it's not a jet. It's like a, a prop duster. It's like a prop plane. It's like a tiny little yeah. prop plane. But I mean, I've never seen that in a movie where the dude's like, oh, we're going to go do a paranormal investigation. And he gets out and jumps in a plane. I love it. It terrifies like, I just, me. I just got my, my license. I was like, that is claustrophobic. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to go fly up to what, Pittsburgh or Penn somewhere in Pennsylvania? I don't remember. Um, I think it was Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, just hop in my plane for a quick one-hour trip. And What? <laughs> with found footage horror and when we're dealing with, like, s- snuff fiction, it's always like, you know, these people are unreliable narrators right off the bat. So when the dude jumped in a plane, I'm like, what, is he going to just wreck? And I was I was not prepared. Clark, you got to watch it. I mean, you you know, you buried the lead here with him flying his plane. <laughs> There's also an intense moment where like water is just dripping from a fossil. Oh, the okay, but the end the end sequence is really good. Yeah, it. I think so. No, it's great. So the water's dripping from a faucet. So was he get a plumber in part five? <laughs> Thank you. Banished. so I don't have the soundboard. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, you clearly got some chops here. Um, also, I, when I was listening to the- You passed the test. You passed Congratulations. the test. Yes. We're going to 3D print you an award and send it to you now. Oh, my God, please. All of these hours of watching like things on on Amazon Prime have really paid off. Just kidding. They've paid off before, before this. Okay. <laughs> now, with the Film Fest, is there anything particularly you're excited to see this year? Long Pigs is playing, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm very so. I'm I'm actually talking to the director of Long Pigs for the fest, and I'm really excited because that one's been on my list for a while, but it's so hard to find. So I'm particularly excited for that. <clears throat> you haven't seen it? No, I couldn't find it. We got to get you a link. What the I hell do. Are I doing? have a link. I have a oh, link. Okay, I'm, interview- okay, I'm interviewing him, so <laughs> I was like, I don't. I'm not going to see the movie and just interview. Yeah, Chris Powers. Uh, He's the one that taught me the word verisimilitude. And you used it. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, Randy. Did you just laugh? I did, yeah. (laughs) It's become a fucking drinking game. I'm sorry. I'm such a hack. It's a $10 word. I normally can't afford that. And uh, when it was gifted to me, I was very happy. You have used it as the foundation (laughs) of this home. I think I've said it twice already this time. (laughs) Now spell it. Sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, uh, Long Pigs is great, and Chris Power um, is very is uh, is is great, and I think you'll have a, a great time interviewing him. Um, I he is a little jaded uh, with it because you know the the film was uh, r- like highly pirated, right, Russ? I believe that part so. of the history of this thing. Yeah, because I think when we originally reached out to him, he was like, "Yeah, just go ahead and pirate it. Everyone else has." Because <laughs> we were trying to get a link for it, but. Um, Long Pigs is definitely um, one that has really. St- I, we showed it year one of the festival, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one that we've championed. Yeah, th- that's pretty much why we wanted you to interview him. We again back to uh, before we were recording and talking about imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's like I I feel like we we've created 
I don't even want to say that. But there's a platform that we're a part of where we can like talk to a Chris Powers and you know power di- power. I always I try I, to understand. I know <laughs> that's why I'm here. And it's like your movie's so good and it's intelligent and um it opens with the fucking bang. Yeah. And it's like how come nobody knows about this? And uh really we're so self-deprecating on the show that it's like we got to get Mary Beth in here to like I don't know. Class the joint up. <laughs> Thank you. That's not a joke. I'm being a hundred percent. Oh wow! I was like, I don't know if that's. Well, no. It goes back. It goes back to your Reddit campaign, right? What Where you go on? You go on Reddit. You you drop the trailer that we made for this thing, and then the first thing that you know the Reddit community says is like, I don't appreciate this jokey tone <laughs> to found footage. Ah. That was one person. And I'll tell you right now that comment sitting at a negative three votes. So they're down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Comedy wins, baby. Yeah. No, I honestly, we don't get a lot of that. I mostly feel like we're just screaming into the void with this. Yeah. Like when, when you're, when you're in the horror community and you're like, Hey guys, like unfriended is really, a, it's a really, really good movie. And people are like, Oh, that's cute. But kinda... Unfriended is a really good movie and it's nihilistic as fuck. Yeah. Like I had no idea going into Unfriended that it was going to be that nihilistic. Like it's one of those big releases, you know, those big horror releases that everyone was talking about. And I, you know, unfortunately I was just like, oh, it can't be that good. And then I watched it and I thought, oh my God, this is deeply upsetting. This is a now, deeply upsetting film. Did you get to see it in the theater? No, I watched it on my computer. But actually, so my thing with second screen horror is I would rather watch it on a computer because it more it better emulates that experience of second screen horror. I think seeing it and please correct me if I'm wrong here or if you disagree, but I just feel like having that that like verisimilitude (laughs) of um of like that experience with like Skype or with host and zoom. I just feel like it is a, it is a more immersive experience, at least for me. I agree. David Lynch would, uh, <laughs> vehemently disagree. Yeah. But, no, it's, it's definitely, definitely for sure. Um, you know, it yeah. took us a minute to get there. I, when we first did the film fest, I was, we, I was really in love with the idea of, uh, old Hollywood. They always talk about this movie was made for the big screen. And yet we're doing a film fest where it's people who probably never even thought their movie was going to play in a theater. And yeah. it's like, but now they are. And I, I love confronting an audience with a vertical camera phone on a fucking, in For a sure. theater. Really <laughs> fucking I, cool. I honestly think it can, you know, serve two masters in that way because I, I look, I will always love us showing these films in a theater. Like, for most of these films, they don't have that chance. And I'm glad that, um, you know, I, I, I will always be a you know theater supporter until, you know, the sun boils the sea, <laughs> but I completely agree with Mary Beth. of like, yes, it, you are definitely more, um, it's a more insular, uh, situation where it's, you know, it's almost claustrophobic in a way. Yeah. Where, yeah. You're, you're in it. Well, your relationship with your TV and your computer is so different. Like your computer has a, you know, the hardware is created for you to interact with. Yeah, my it. TV doesn't have viruses. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I mean, honestly, when we were biting the bullet and like, hey, do we want to do like an online event? That was the first thing that came up. Um, in Uff 3, we had a short film that was submitted to us that was made to be watched on your phone. Mm. And 
it was like it was actually like a pretty good action film it like was, it, was, it, really it was, was really well cut it was polished as fuck and we spent like a week trying to come up with a cohesive way to get everybody in their theater to take out their phone and watch it and it was like Ooh. it just ain't gonna work yeah. yeah so then when we were coming this we time have, we have deep love for william castle I know. apparently <laughs> yeah and it's like no I, you're totally right mary beth like I can only imagine what it's like watching Unfriended on a laptop. It's got to be kind of invasive, honestly. Yeah, it's very, it's like, it's hard. You know, like you walk out of the theater and you're like, you're like leaving the space and you're like, okay, I'm like in the real world now. And there's like that kind of disconnect. Or even when you turn off your TV, it's like, okay, I'll go do my other, like my business. But your laptop, like you're still on it afterward. Like there isn't that kind of divide and ability to, it's not as easy to kind of turn your brain off or like kind of have that separation. Yeah, we also kind of disrespect our TV. Like for me, <laughs> the TV's kind of like a non-human voice. And I I turn it on when I go in a room and then I don't even look at it. And it's like just talk Ooh, so I don't feel alone. That's very shameful. Yeah, I'm not proud of who I am. <laughs> I have a great relationship with my television. I dust them. I don't I don't believe that. I'm looking at your monitor right now. It's covered in That dust. is my monitor <laughs> on which I work. Which I have no respect. <laughs> now, talking about second screen, we're showing a um, film zeros and ones. Yes, I'm very excited I, for are, that. Okay, have you seen it before? No, I haven't. Okay, um, so Eugene, he's got a like what three movies out right now that are all free, and one of them is called Skydiver, and it's hmm. only on Vimeo in ten parts. Now. Fuck yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a, how would you pitch that? No, he did say he's got another cut or is him working on another cut. I think he's got a complete cut, but it's not available. Yeah. So yeah, you can only watch that movie on Vimeo in 10 parts, but it's all screen footage of a dude who kind of gets like politically radicalized over the internet. And even though it was made like four years ago. It couldn't be more like oh skydiver was it like skydiver was uh, over a decade ago it was over a decade ago yeah it feels like it was made during oh, the lockdown twenty ten oh that is a decade ago huh yeah and I oh, highly God. recommend you check that out okay it's oh. like it's not horror but it is <laughs> no it, it right wing domestic terrorist cell again sounds like something that would happen today like it slash yeah. is happening today so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But see, out here in the Bay Area, we also had a we have a pretty brutal history of a lot of left wing terrorist groups, and it's something that people forget about. Mm-hmm. And the, the cool thing about his movie is it's like politically agnostic. So no matter who you are, it kind of can get under your skin. Like it's not like the other. It's like, dude, I'm watching it happen right in front of me, and there's no like, well, clearly this is a, a weirdo in Virginia who had a bunch of guns that could never be me. Like it's it's Eugene and he's kind of like a he's a cool hipster dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got to check that out. Okay. Um oh shit, I don't know. What other movies do you like? Um, I'm like I don't know. I'm <laughs> uh. <laughs> Here's here's I wanted to go back uh to this with your podcast Mary Beth. So when you when you ask uh the guests that you have on um you know films that have you know 
sorry for the pun here, scarred them for life uh, with early, early horror influences. How many, and you, you did mention this earlier, uh, but I was just looking for you to expound a little bit on how many of these films that, you know, did scare them as a child were actually not horror films. Cause with me, I think it starts with wizard of Oz <laughs> and the wicked witch of the West. Well, yeah, valid. So actually, um, I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up our like letterbox list of archive. So, I mean, we have a lot of dark crystal, like a lot of people want to do dark crystal. Jurassic park was a good one. I mean, a decent amount of them are horror, but then there's things like ET (laughs) that scared Andrew Scott bell. And, you know, those, but then there's also those, those, you know, kids movies like Watcher in the Woods that are, are for children, but they're actually horrifying or like um, Return to Oz. Yeah. So, I mean, a majority of the movies are horror movies, but when we watch the ones that are not, it is very fascinating to revisit them as adults because a lot of them are animated or they are kid focused. So it is really interesting to go back and watch them from an adult lens and really looking at what horror, what was so horrifying about them and if they are still horrifying now. What, what about for you personally? So, I mean, the first movie I talked about for the podcast and in our intro, I talked about Poltergeist because Poltergeist scared the absolute shit out of me when I was younger. And I like I watched Jaws when I was four, so I've been watching horror movies for a long time, like an inappropriately long time. Yeah. But Poltergeist really freaked me out, um, especially the part where the mom gets like thrown up on the ceiling. I would have nightmares about getting thrown up onto the ceiling and getting pinned up there by a ghost. Um I'm trying to think of movies that were not horror movies that scared me. And I can't really think of any off the top of my head now. So were your parents big horror fans? My dad was. My dad is a big horror fan. And that was how we bonded. Um, My mom does not like horror movies. My stepdad kind of does. But like a lot of it was my dad showing me things when I would visit him on the weekend. And then me kind of filling in the gaps when I went home on my laptop. Like digging Damn. into the internet. Yeah. See, I, I had to watch horror films in secret <laughs> in, oh. in, the shroud, in the shroud of night uh, because it, they were sort of, I wouldn't necessarily say banned, but, um, you know, I, I, I uh, wasn't allowed to watch certain things, including The Simpsons. <laughs> so, like, Whoa. you know, the horror movies were certainly, but sometimes, you know, you, you could trick your parents. Uh, with a couple things because their their reach of uh, knowledge is only so far. So, well, uh, and like yeah. my mom didn't want me watching them, but like at that point, I had access to like I had like a, one of those one of those like personal DVD players that you would open up and have the tiny screen and like you could <laughs> and it was like a portable one. Yeah. I had one of those, and I would just go to Borders, rest in peace, and buy horror movies and then watch them again in the dead of night in my room or. Um, on my where I would find things on the internet in less than savory ways, and then watch them on my laptop after everyone had gone to bed. I loved Borders. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right, but then I got caught because my little brother snuck into my room and took one of my movies, and it oh, scared no. him. And my mom was like, "Why do you have this in the house?" And I was like, "Shit!" Yeah. What movie was it? Watchmen. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't oh. even that scary, <laughs> but like it was Watchmen. And then my, my my parents watched it and they're like, 
why do you have these films in the house? And I was like, I have so many worse things on that shelf too. <laughs> like there's so many other weird movies that he could have picked. So I then got in trouble for buying rated R movies. <laughs> yeah. My mom, she gave me two interventions in my life. One was when a Marilyn Manson sh- CD showed up to the house and ah. she thought I was a Satanist. Sweet. And an- another was, um, we had a friend who worked at a video store and she would just let us take a movie every time and bring it back and not pay for it. And I took Faces of Death one time. Oh. And I was kind of like a little, I thought it was the coolest shit. We were skating around town. I came home. I had that. I wasn't hiding it or anything. Oh, man. My mom saw that and she she destroyed the disc. Ooh. She destroyed the movie and was like, we've done something wrong. You need to, we should have made you go to church. Like, And I'm like... It's stupid. <laughs> like we, I was like, it, it's not even good. Like you guys are freaking out. But yeah, they. I don't know. They were looking at me different after that. It was. Yeah. It's clearly just you don't you don't know what you're looking at. Also, I should mention my mom is the horror fan that made me addicted to horror. Uh, oh. Mm. Yeah, she showed me it when I was five, and it uh, terrified me. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Faces of Death was like too taboo. Huh. I don't <laughs> Yeah, with with me, uh, my, I, it, I would hang out upstairs. We had a playroom, and it it had a TV up there. So, and uh, my Xbox was up there. So I was up there all the time. How old? Oh, oh I mean, we moved in the house when I was six, and you know, left when I was eighteen. So uh, a while. Mm-hmm. But my sister would come up, and um, she caught me watching The Exorcist uh, on TNT. And uh, <laughs> ratted me out. And so, yeah, that was the first talk about, <laughs> because uh, apparently, like, my mom, yeah, because when The Exorcist came out, like, in small town Mississippi, you know, it was the end of the world, the, the way she described it, of how people were terrified of it, and it, uh, it was evil, Dude, and I should say a why. That's probably the way to watch The Exorcist. Yeah, I mean, look, I was like, mom, theater. I was like, mom. <laughs> You're really giving me the hard sell on this. <laughs> the more you keep talking, the more I want to watch this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. And then what was the other? Oh, and then uh, speaking uh, uh, to sort of uh, partner with Mary Beth's story about uh, my mom found I had uh, bedazzled with Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> oh. And wow. she flipped out. She's like, what is this filth? I was like, mom, PG-13. <laughs> and then she really didn't have an argument. Did you that. think it was porn? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, my yeah. my favorite story about like watching things with parents. This is more like a watching things with parents. But my family, not my family, it was like my stepdad, my mom, and my aunt, who's only nine years older than me. We were like, let's watch American Psycho. Um, I was in early high school, so like not super young, but like still kind of young for that movie. We put it on, and all the sex scenes. They made me go into the bathroom and sit there. <laughs> <laughs> they were like you don't need to see this and they would make me go in the bathroom for the sex scenes not the murder yeah but the sex scenes yeah that and- that's how it was yeah like i i have vivid memories when i was four years old and we lived in dallas texas uh we we lived in texas for years my father was uh decided he wanted to be a mortician so he oh. had to go to school in dallas 
See, now, see, that's the other thing. I grew up, I grew up living behind a funeral home. Oh, and the, it was an apartment, and below us is where they he- where they stored all the caskets. Okay, how haunted was your house? Not haunted. I <laughs> thought it was haunted. I, okay, it really, when I was when I was, uh, you were so definitive in that answer. Well, I I have all right. It's about to get a little weird. So Hell yeah. I, it wasn't I had, already. <laughs> I have very distinct memories of being very scared in that apartment um, because of the caskets. And then also, I believe that the film, The People Under the Stairs, was about oh. that same time. And I <laughs> I never, I never saw a trailer for that film. But I could read, and I remember I used to when I, I congratulations when I was, when I, was thank I you so much. when I was very young. I used to read the newspaper. Like oh. at six years old, I was reading the newspaper on a regular basis. Were you That's drinking right. coffee too? Just like a no, dad. I never, I never did coffee. I didn't do coffee till I was in college. But um, <laughs> I was, I have very fond memories of the newspaper, and I remember I would always read the uh, you know the movies used to be in the in one section of the newspaper and i remember that ad for the people under the stairs and we had a very on one side of the house we had a staircase that we didn't use because it was old and rickety wood and it terrified me (laughs) i did not go to that side of the house and then also at night they would have uh deliveries that would come they would come at all hours of the night and it would be giant 18 wheelers and they would come and they would supply the caskets that would go underneath our apartment i thought you were gonna say bodies no for sure (laughs) um and it i always anytime i would i would hear the air brakes from the 18 wheelers once they parked i calmed down and i don't know why (laughs) but a very distinct because like it just felt like someone else was here yeah but yeah that did freak me out but uh, I mean, I grew up with dead people all the time, and I, you know, I worked, I worked with my dad when I was sixteen. That was my first job was working at a funeral home. I drove the hearse, so oh my God. like I've I've got no, yeah, I'm 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 totally fine with dead bodies, no issues there. No. But boobs weird you out? Oh please. Well, like, so on Thanksgiving, we uh we were sitting around, and um Oksana's family came over, and we're like, oh, we should watch something, and we found ourselves in that American Psycho bubble, where it's like, well. The kids like horror movies. Let's put on a horror movie. And of course, Thanks Killing is chosen <laughs> because of, you know, the festive nature of the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if you remember the film, it opens uh, with a uh, bare chested woman. And again, because we're American, violence we were all on board for. The minute those boobs came out, shut it down, got awkward. Yeah. Let, let's move on. Sorry. It's so weird. I don't know. Yeah. The sex thing was always that back to what I was saying. I have very vivid memories of me <laughs> in Dallas when I was four uh, playing with a uh, a toy machine gun watching Rambo. No issues with that. No issues. But any sort of uh, sexual innuendo. No go. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know. Is that a male thing? I mean, clearly they were sending you to the bathroom during American Psycho. But only for sex scenes. Yeah. I okay, so nudity, it wasn't the nudity, it was just the intercourse. Mostly the intercourse. Yeah. It wasn't nudity wasn't necessarily the bad thing what if about it didn't the go outer on. Outer course. You gotta power through a Mary Beth. <laughs> I'm like, I don't I don't know what to say to that one. Um Yeah, it was it was like the act of sex. But then like as I got older, I would watch True Blood with my mom, and then she would be we would that was a whole other experience. 
in watching True Blood with my mother in terms of, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but the sex scenes oh, yeah. in that are just like, woo. And then my, my mom would be like, it looks like they're actually having sex. I'm like, mom, I can't have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really leaned into the um, stylized cool vampire. I I enjoyed that show for a, most of its run. I and did. I actually really liked, I liked True Blood for a while. And then I kind of fell off when the fairies came into it. Well, everyone liked it for a while, and then when you get that's the problem when it goes on for 37 seasons. I think it wasn't that long, it was ago. nine, I think. And I'm sure you only watched it because of where it was filmed, okay? Uh, not only because it was filmed, because it also <laughs> technically took place in my home county of Mississippi. Thank you very much, where the vampire king lived. Yeah, they used the rickety stairs that you're terrified of. <laughs> Fuck those stairs, man. <laughs> You know, whenever I think of like locations in a house that you're terrified of as a child, I always thought it was just because, you know, my mom tormented me with it. And I remember that tight frame on the faucet when it when it bl- turns red. Yeah. Dude, I would get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom and be terrified to wash my hands. Like, I just thought blood was going to come out of there. And I don't know. I guess, I don't know, suburban life. It's just like with Poltergeist. Talk about turning a, a boring suburban house into a nightmare. Yep. <laughs> like yep. every aspect of it well and that happened to me with paranormal activity um when i watched yeah. it because i watched it on my computer i was in high school on my computer alone in the dark and i was like oh my god this could happen in anyone's house and then i was convinced that it was going to happen to me so i slept with my lights on for a week because of that movie yeah i you know, we out here in San Francisco, we get lucky every now and then. And when a movie's blowing up like that, we'll get like one theater night and it'll play at like the AMC at like midnight. And I remember that movie was a buzz out here and it was packed. It, it was when I was in Mississippi because I was in college. Yeah, we saw it at midnight. Midnight. Screen. Now, was that one of the, the early openings or was that when it was like running? I think when it went wide. Oh, I'm talking early yeah. opening. So like there had only been a couple of screenings before. And you got in there and you could just feel the energy in the yeah. crowd. Like everybody's already terrified. And I remember, and I, you know, I was like, I think I was just out of high school when that, wait, what year was that? It was like 2002. No, 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 no. Was it later? I don't know. I, but I clearly had an ego and I was like, Either 08 or 09. this movie's fucking dumb. Like people are screaming in here, whatever. <laughs> and then I, I went home and I clearly remember this. Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah. So post high school. And I remember it was like 2 a.m. and I was having trouble sleeping. And I remember the door creaked and I just became fucking terrified. I kept thinking of that goddamn movie. And I'm like, they they really turned a house settling or a door creaking or a you know branch hitting a window into like a demon. And I couldn't get it out of my fucking head. I don't that movie worked in like a very visceral way for me. Randy, what scared you as a kid? <laughs> Uh, it goes back to um, the Jordan episode, T2, actually. T2? T2. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The like nuclear apocalypse scene. Oh, like, behind God. The that fence scene. And the, it's, yes. Yeah, it's a fucked up to see, scene to see like when you're pretty young. So I didn't grow up watching many horror movies, but my dad was just into uh, dad cinema, you know? So a lot of Arnold stuff. And uh, yeah, I saw that one pretty early. It's great, though. <laughs> it is. It is good. Yeah, it makes sense. Mary Beth, can you take a guess? There's one horror franchise that Randy likes. If you could just guess on the very little you know. Okay. 
Nightmare on Elm Street. No, that's too cool for Randy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give give her a little bit of a hint. What's uh, it Randy's a dork. He used to be straight edge. Uh, he's contrarian. He's an intellectual. Does any of that help? Lepre- <laughs> leprechaun? <laughs> I don't think I've seen a single leprechaun, actually. You're missing out. Oh, dude, uh, Steven's leprechaun uh, revival is fantastic. You should watch that one. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, okay, what is no. it? It's Final ahead, Destination. Right? Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. I saw okay. that one kind of young. I think I saw it at like a second run theater, so it probably wasn't right when Final Destination. Final Destination came out, but my cousin was super into horror movies and he would like come over in the summer and stay with like me and my parents. And uh, he convinced my parents to take us to go see Final Destination and they were not happy about it. Yeah, I can't imagine. Final Destination, well, and everyone says this, but like with the logs behind the truck, like that has ruined Mm -hmm. my life. All I ever think about is that. Yes. Yeah, talk, that's how you knew when Final Destination got bad, they were just out of touch with what it was. Like, maybe Clark has had a fear of a race car flipping over and a tire flying into the crowd. <laughs> but Let me tell you something. I know somebody that got decapitated on the highway. Thank you, you very much. That's still different. And I mean, that's Final Destination too. Like, dude, what? We went from fear of getting on a plane. Fear of crazy drivers on the fear freeway. Fear of snakes on said plane. <laughs> fear, of, fear of getting on a roller coaster. To like... Oh, I'm at a, uh, what is that? That's not F1. What's the other one? NASCAR. There we go. Yeah. We're at a NASCAR race <laughs> and a car flip. F1 was like, where you went? <laughs> well, but I'm a big F1 fan, so he just automatically goes to F1. Uh, I don't. Oh, Mary, are you, are you a racing fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. know, I just somehow know about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. But have you ever had the fear of getting hit with the tire while you're at an event? You know, because I've never wanted to go to one, so I've never really thought about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I've actually never seen part five. Where what? It it has a bridge moment, right? Have I seen five? We haven't really, Randy. Uh, I've seen all of them, but I don't remember a bridge moment. Isn't it like there's an earthquake on a bridge? Maybe, I'm yeah. Thinking of the Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cloverfield? Okay. I'm thinking of Greenland. <laughs> yes. It all goes back to Greenland. Mary Beth, watch Greenland's very <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's actually too long. It's two hours. There's no need for this to be two hours. Two hours. <sighs> I know, right? Oh, well, speaking of, of long films, uh, Mary Beth, have you, uh, did you pull the trigger on the Snyder cut? I did. I watched it on a Friday. And and uh, how you how how was, <laughs> how was your journey? Um, oh, so I, can I talk about illicit substances on this podcast, or are we are we clean and talking about that? Yeah, for sure. Okay, what cool. context clues have you gotten <laughs> from this entire? <laughs> yeah, please. I'm just trying to be polite. <laughs> so we watched. We were like, we were gonna watch Godzilla: King of the Monsters because we're vi- like, we are big kaiju people. So we were, oh. were preparing for Godzilla versus Kong, and we went on HBO Max, and the first thing that was up was Justice League, and we were like, should we? And it was like 8 p.m. We were like, fuck it. What else are we going to do? So we started it. 
And two hours in, I was like, I need a break. And we were like, should we, <laughs> should we smoke a bowl to finish the rest of this? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, we should. So we took a, we took a pot smoking break uh, halfway through and finished it. And I will say it was infinitely more enjoyable when I was stoned. Um, but my boyfriend, um, he like, he, we had like, it was like mystery science theater the whole time. So that was why it was fun. Cause we were just like bragging on it. And we, I had, we had not seen the original justice league. So we had no point of reference, Yeah, but we didn't hate it. Like we didn't, it was a bad movie, but we, <laughs> we didn't hate it as much as we thought we would. Gal Gadot is a terrible actor. I I am aligned with you for ninety percent of this. Outside of uh, I watched it alone because I haven't found love in my life. But <laughs> I mean everything. Yes, uh, the first hour of that is was really rough. Uh, yeah. For whatever the the uh, the Aquaman stuff just <laughs> the Aquaman stuff when he's like standing on the wall and the music is playing and he like takes off his shirt and throws the bottle into the ocean. It's like oh my god, what are with you Nick, doing with Nick Cave? Right. With Nick- Oh my God! When Nick Cave came on, I just I wanted to end everything. Well, I was like, <laughs> I was like don't drag Nick Cave into this. Like, you're trying so hard to make this be Watchmen with like all those music, like all the needle yes. drops. But I was like, yes, it's not working Leonard here. Cohen coming? Yeah, it's not sure. working here. It did. It barely worked in Watchmen. <laughs> oh man, Watchmen! I I don't hate Watchmen. Watchmen is really the only Zack Snyder film where I give him a little bit of credit. I loved Watchmen, but. Like I wrote my undergrad thesis on Watchmen. Oh, yeah, the graphic novel and the movie. But I actually really enjoyed Watchmen. I think his aesthetic works in Watchmen. Yes, it does. It, it's so over the top. Yes, but I yeah. don't think he understood what it was because then he made Justice League, and I was like, "Did you actually <laughs> read the source material?" Because my boyfriend and I were talking about it. We were like, "Literally, Batman is Night Owl in this movie." Damn. Yeah, and it's just it's, <laughs> it's visually very uninteresting, and it's yes. it's four hours of that. Now, I I will tell you, it was a journey because it and at, at a time it just it breaks you down. I find, <laughs> it does. because like the first hour, the first hour was really rough, <laughs> and then and then uh, the flash comes up, and I'm like, and then I was completely annoyed with him <laughs> at the beginning, but he is the only comedic relief and then you're like oh i need more of him i just i give me give me a little more give me pepper and some hair i disagree with you i needed him to be eliminated immediately (laughs) for whatever reason he would i just i grasped onto him and i learned to like him oh god i was like well i think it was because like the comedic relief he offered just was so off base of the from like the whole tone of the movie i was like i just need him to shut up i like i just need to sew his mouth shut yeah, and Ezra, Ezra Miller also on. bothers me. So, like, that probably had something. To I, do you know, I I'm with you. He's he's a very interesting actor, um, because he he does sort of fall into this thing. Then he then he can you know be little emo sad boy as well. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I, I like him. But when when Cyborg came up, that finally it, that broke me too. I hated how he looked. I didn't like anything having to do with that. And then finally it just, I don't know. It broke me after four hours. I think this is, says a lot of thing about me. It's like after four hours, I'll pretty much agree to most things. 
And I think that's what Justice League did. Uh, you know, I would definitely agree with that. Because afterward, I was like, I don't remember anything I just watched, but it was okay. Like, yeah. I could not really tell you what it was about. I felt a sense of accomplishment when I finished. Right? It. Like, I wanted a little bit, like, I wanted a little pin that said <laughs> I watched Justice League. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, I got honor roll, but I watched Justice League. Russell, are you going to try no, and venture into this no. at all? You know, I I like the weird cinema landscape that has been created by Marvel and DC. But for me, I think Marvel movies, they operate on a really high level. And they've kind of created a new need of like a hundred million, you know, like hundred billion dollar film. And I think they're good. I, I can't get into them. They're doing the context thing. It's kind of like the conjuring where you need seven different movies to kind of get the full picture. And you got to be on Wikipedia to look up the Easter eggs and get all the in-between. And I, I think that ship sailed for me. And then I think there's DC, which is like a lesser version of that. So I'm like, I can't, I can't do a four hour movie that I'd rather just watch. Um, I don't know the Marvel movies I'm missing right now. Gal Gadot is not good. What is oh, that? She's so tiny. Oh, it's a person. <laughs> oh, I, I almost have like face blindness when what it comes to movies. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that a kaiju? <laughs> oh my God. What was the name? Gal Gadot. That's a good kaiju name. Godot. Come on now. Is it Godot? I hear Godot. They say it's Godot. <laughs> I've been told through various sources that it is Godot. And I'm I'm trying to give her her credit. Like, you know, she's having a hard go. You know, she can't read lines very well. <laughs> very stiff. She now, can't. It's like she's reading from a teleprompter. Man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I watched Justice League on a plane. And this, I, again, just to set where I was, I watched King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie movie. And I was like. Man, I fucking hate Guy Ritchie, but this was good. <laughs> and I'm like, I was all drugged up. Mary Beth, I can't fly. I hate it. It makes me a nervous wreck. Fair and um, I take a bunch of drugs before to try and just like knock myself out. Never happens. Never, Never. happens. So I, ended, Never. I ended up watching King Arthur. I'm like, dude, I fucking love King Arthur. So I'm like, you know what it is? It's the magic of the airline. I threw on Justice League. I couldn't get through no, it. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you doubled down. I turned it off. And... I don't know. I, I'm not going to watch any of that. But I, I, you know what? I am interested in Godzilla vs. King Kong, but I haven't watched Kong Skull Island. Oh, you have to. It's I love Skull so Island. so good. It's arguably the best one out of like their rebooting of all of these films. Now, are you an Adam Wingard fan? I, I, I am. I'm so excited that he's doing this. I was talking to my, my boyfriend, Steve, last night, and I was like, he's a mumblecore, like, staple. And he's just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just <laughs> listen to me talk about Adam Wingard. And he really he really loves your next. So he was like, oh, what? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm very excited that he is tackling this movie. Yeah, I I love it when people get like a huge platform and they come out of yes. horror. But also Adam Wingard, he's got a big foot or like yeah, footprint in the found footage community. Yes. Oh yeah. Now, how did you feel about the Blair Witch? I really liked the Blair Witch. Good. I, I I was like, you know what? Fuck the haters. This is a really cool one like adapting like adapting to technology i love it when found footage like i feel like found footage movies are always on the cutting edge of new tech because they always take that to like try to make something new so i love that but i also thought it was pretty creepy yeah it 
there's a weird thing that happened with the Blair Witch Project where it left audiences with more questions than answers. And since it came out, people have always been arguing about the, the answers and why didn't we get them? And then I think, you know, they revisit the franchise and their goal is we're going to answer everything. We're going to make the movie you wanted. It's going to be polished. It's going to be tight and it's going to be found footage. And then people watch it and they're like, yeah, I don't care. Well, do we think the marketing did any favors for this movie? Because if you remember, it was marketed as The Woods. Yeah. I think a month before the film, it was like, hey, it's the Blair Witch. I was excited. I, you know, I think, so Madeline had a theory that Phoenix Forgotten was kind of like Hollywood's uh, re-entry to the found footage canon. Mm. And that, like, they were expecting kind of like a celebration around it. And I'll tell you, Phoenix Forgotten, I love that movie. I had a great time in the theater watching it. And then it's kind of like, oh, the Blair Witch. And I don't think they had the eyeballs they thought they were going to have. And, dude, we got to see the Blair Witch in the Alamo. They gave out enamel pins of the stick figure. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, the Alamo, they turned that shit up so loud. Yeah. That every time there was like a low rumble, kind of, you know, um, the thing we learned from Paranormal Activity, where you, you do the Jaws thing. You cue in audiences like there's a ghost coming by a by an audio cue, dude. Your your drink would be shaking off the table in that oh. theater. It was terrifying. And then you get out there, and it's kind of like people are like, "Meh, <laughs> I don't know." I'm 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 so excited to hear that you liked it. I um because honestly, coming out of VHS to Blair Witch, I'm like they kind of ran the gambit. Him and Simon Barrett, like they're a, a force to be reckoned with in found footage. I agree. Also, um, well, John Eric Dodal is another one that I really like for found footage. He did Poughkeepsie tapes and as above, so below. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was the same director. Yeah, he did. I think those were the two that he, the two found footage movies that he did. Um, Wow. They couldn't be more different. No, they could not. (laughs) Oh, and he, he also did the quarantine. He did the rec reboot quarantine, which is like oh. questionable. I don't. I don't hate it. I, I don't do. hate it either. But it's you know, I don't. They. You just don't like Dexter's sister. I don't. She. Uh, she. I is, like. She terrifies me. How thin she is. Ah. <laughs> oh. Dexter, uh, it really got to me when she was having like a mental breakdown in Dexter, and she's running on the treadmill all the time. Like that's some of the most haunting imagery. I don't know why it stuck with me. I don't know. I think her and I think her and Keith Carradine should have stuck together. That was a great power. <laughs> no, the thing I didn't like about quarantine was what I loved about Wreck was they took the kind of um, what I believe is a tired like zombie narrative, and they turned it into a magic problem where they're like, "Oh, yeah. there's a ritual," and it's like to me that is. I mean, really, there's not a lot different there, but it's like infinitely more entertaining or like, I don't know, interesting. It really got me. And then you go to quarantines, they kind of remove that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They definitely remove that kind of, well, the ending is so different. And I think that really ruins it for me, the ending. Let the record show. (laughs) Wreck over quarantine. However, quarantine, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, now, Mary Beth. At, where where are you based out of? Um, I'm right outside of Washington D.C. Oh shit! Okay, now over here on the West Coast, we have a uh, convention, a horror convention in L.A. called Monster Palooza, mm-hmm. and 
it's it's beautiful because I know you collect uh, film, physical media. Oh, yes. And all of the boutiques come out there and you can get them at a cheaper rate and all the money goes directly to them. So one year, I believe the last year I went, I arrived a little tipsy and I made a beeline to the Shout Factory booth. Good. And it was right when they were doing an early release of Wreck. Mm. And I annoyed the shit out of one of the poor dudes <laughs> running that thing because I'm like... I, I came up there and I was I was pumped to be like, dude, wreck, hell yeah. Like, you should come on the podcast and we'll talk about found footage. And he was kind of like, yeah, I don't have a lot to say. And I went, excuse me? You just put out a box set of wreck. And he was like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of movies out there, man. And I, don't, I think it's an untapped market. Like, people are always asking, like, hey, where can I get this film and that film? And the answer is nowhere. Nowhere, yeah. And he was like, yeah, but you got to show me the numbers. I just don't believe it. And I went, well, huh? <laughs> and like, it kind of got weird. And I went, hey, man, we'll come on the show. We'll plug your thing. And then I, I never contacted him because I was so embarrassed. But we were, I was standing there in a crowded convention area arguing the validity of found footage horror. I, I love the dedication to the brand. Because I would do I the same thing. I would do the exact <laughs> same thing. I'd be like... Look, let me pull up my Twitter account <laughs> and show you how many people. Obviously, those are very valid numbers that should be taken <laughs> seriously for distribution deals. But well, and those fools put out the Poughkeepsie tapes, right? Yeah, I'm like that sold. Yeah, look at Vinegar Syndrome. They put out Alien Abduction. They yeah. did. I'm I was like, so excited. Did you get it? Yes. With the slip cover? Yes. Oh, you bitch! I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get the slip cover, and I don't. This, you know, nobody understands this, but like, when you collect fucking Blu-rays and you order a bunch of shit from Shout Factory, and one of them doesn't come with the slip cover, and you know it had one. I know it's dumb how upsetting it is, but here we are. <laughs> I think you're one of the only people we've ever had on the show that understands that. I Have you ever gone on eBay and looked for one? No, I haven't. Good for you. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten there quite yet, but um, now that you've Dude, told me that, you've probably ruined my life. I, you can find them, and they'll they'll range from people who are like, let's be honest, anybody who's listing a slipcover on there, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And honestly, Vinegar Syndrome, it's hard to argue against that. They make some beautiful goddamn slipcovers. They really do. They're absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> So Clark, he likes to torment me by doing this podcast wearing dark sunglasses so that uh, I can't connect with him or like read his eyes. As I've said before, I treat podcasting just like professional poker. Okay. <laughs> and I yes, can feel there's you. A lot of simi- there's, very, there's a lot of similarities in that, I think. I don't I don't want Russell to see what cards I'm holding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes for better theater. Well, fuck. Mary, I feel so terrible. I feel, we, How long have we been talking? Over uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. Fifteen. I, I don't want to hold you hostage, but uh, I do. It's a Sunday night during a pan- or a Sunday afternoon during a pandemic. There's <laughs> nothing else I'm doing. Okay, G- good because I worry about. <laughs> but I, I really thought it was important that, like, so when Madeline reached out, I'm like, yeah, bring her on. Like, she's a serious person who does like real work, and people listen to her. And I'm like, but we got to talk to her because when you watch the fest, like. I don't know if you... I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Wait, I don't are know you, if you... Clark, are you the one that's doing all the like the weird intros with the wigs and I'm the one that's... <laughs> am I, and I'm the one that's supposed to like as the counterpoint because I'm actually interviewing people and like not... That's correct. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, cool. No, 
Again, we are constantly in pursuit of verisimilitude over here at the Unnamed Footage Festival, and that is Vernon Herman Salinger, not Clark Little. You got your game, I got mine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because Madeline was like, I'm not really sure what's going on with that. So, like, you can, we want you to be the counterpoint to whatever, like, goofy shit is going on. I was like, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we really beat this drum for found footage. And it out here in the Bay Area, I'm quite aware of when people take art too seriously. And then you're, you, you kind of, you hear them talk and your eyes roll into the back of your head and you're like, <laughs> okay, cool. And I mean, I'm, a, I'm somebody, Randy went and saw an eight hour Filipino movie at the Yerba Buena at like midday. We're, we're people who like art. And I'm like, it can't be all that. We got to poke fun at ourselves. And I think, you know, in the pandemic, it, the platform for film festivals have kind of turned into like a VOD watch on demand pseudo Netflix kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, we can't do that. We got to, we really got to demand attention. So we're, yeah, we're doing 24 hour stream I one time. And there's uh, honestly, I think we're at 26 and a half hours. Right Let now. the record show what Russell just said one time, one time. Yeah, that's it. And we're, we're doing kind of like, we're going to be doing little intermittent wraparound kind of because we're, we're doing this in a telethon format. And when you see that, I just didn't want you to have like a heart attack and be like, what the fuck did I get involved in? <laughs> so I thought it was really important to have you on here and just be like, Hey, we're, we're just idiots. I'm glad you had me on the podcast to tell me that you could have just emailed okay. me. <laughs> Well, also, you have a much better <laughs> podcast, and one of our bits on the show is we always try to get people to listen to better things than us, and yeah, it's amazing. This is amazing. It's a very good time. Well, Mary Beth, before we cut you loose, uh, uh, tell us about uh, how people can listen to your podcast. Anything else you want to plug? Um, okay, so you can listen to Scarred for Life podcast um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We um, release new episodes every Monday, and then we do uh, mini-sodes on Friday. I'm also, I've also started a podcast with um, Daxi Baban, who's a writer, called Watched Once Never Again, where we watch disturbing cinema from across genres, so you don't have to. We are in the middle of Michael Haneke's films right now. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Piano Teacher is coming out on Thursday. <laughs> oh, have you got to Benny's video? We did. That was our first episode because I was like, it's like found footage. We have to watch Benny's video. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> to like structure a story around found footage, because I mean, clearly the, the format isn't. But that's a found footage movie. That's a found footage movie. And I was very into that. I'm not sure. I wasn't like a huge fan of the whole movie, but I really like the techniques. Um, I think you're qualified as a bad person if you're really a huge fan of the whole film. Anytime <laughs> Michael Haneke makes something. Yeah. Some, I think something's wrong with you if you love. I mean, like, I like his movies sort of, but also like, I again, never want to watch them again. Yeah. I've seen fun of games. I don't know. 30 times. <laughs> <laughs> Both <laughs> yeah, you also grew up in a mortuary. What about it? <laughs> um, besides that, look out for Second Sight's uh, release of Lake Mungo coming. I think they're announcing it this week. Hopefully, they didn't just blow their fucking spot. But um, 
I have an essay in that release of Lake Mungo, speaking of physical media of found footage. So that's super exciting. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at MB McAndrews. That's where you can see all of my writing. Uh, I talk about found footage a lot um, on Twitter. Uh, I write a column for We Are Horror every month where I talk about lesser known found footage. Um, I write about it randomly across the internet all the time. So follow me there and you can see all of my thoughts and feelings about uh, found footage films and other films too, but mostly found footage films. Wow. That was the most professional plug I think we've ever had in the four years of running this show. Oh. I don't know. Nigerbot was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any questions for us? Is there anything you want to know before we, we take this plunge together into, I don't know. Or uh, uh, Russ, I think we've told her too much. No, <laughs> wait. So, okay, what are your favorite found footage movies, though? Because I don't think I got to hear that from you. Um, also, we, we brought up a cult and then like never talked about Koji. I know, and I'm mad. I'm just kidding. I'll, well, you know, honestly, I didn't want to make you feel bad because last year at uh, Uf Three, we showed uh, Noroi and uh, uh, what the fuck? Record of Sweet Murder. Record of Sweet Murder. I yeah. know. I saw that and I was like, that's beautiful. What a good. Ugh, I love his what movies. Perfect Christmas film. Right? Perfect yeah. Christmas movie. And you can't really talk about it because it's kind of a spoiler. But when that happened, I, man. Ooh, what? Yeah. I had like such an epiphany. I'm just like, dude, Koji is the shit. He's such he- a good, like, cosmic horror y, weird found footage director like it is amazing i still need to see cult i have to find cult somewhere yeah we watch so cult okay so in norai there's some questionable um animation like a lot of people have a problem with the the graphics in the film i don't know how to put it it's a mixed media movie yeah but entities in koji's film seem to take a digital format a lot Mm mm-hmm and um, one of our homies out here that uh, works on stuff with us, um, Sam, he he was talking to me about how he thinks that's all on purpose. And he, Koji, really has taken the found footage medium to a like digital horror level. Yeah, he, he's really trying to be confrontational with like the representation of ghosts. Right. That's what I love about it. Like he completely changes the idea of spirits. And capturing spirits on camera, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, fuck. Koji, How- if you're listening, I want to talk to you. Please contact me. Oh. You know what? <laughs> so there is one other found footage festival in the world. They're called Envoumont, and they're in uh, France. Ooh. And I think last year they um they had it. They had it in the books that they were going to have Koji out. And I and we've talked to the the festival directors for a couple of years now and I was like, "You motherfucker. Like how how are you affording this? You flying him out there? I don't think it happened. But apparently it, he's you can get in contact with him. I failed to do it for a couple of years, but if we manage to, we'll definitely hook him up with you. Like, Please let me know because I want to talk to him so much. Well, you're going to have to watch Sadako versus Kyoko. I did watch that, I think. Oh, it, you don't like it? No, maybe I didn't watch it. I'm thinking of something else. You liar. Oh, you're thinking of <laughs> Sudoku versus karaoke. <laughs> yes. No. no. When did when did that one come out? Oh, like four years Ooh. ago? No, I am thinking of something else. Unless okay. it premiered at Fantasia. Did it premiere at Fantasia? I have no idea. Okay, no. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, so 
again, you mentioned it briefly on your podcast and you didn't sound excited about watching it. And I'll tell you, you know, the problem with a lot of versus movies, I think the worst being alien versus predator <laughs> somehow they, they sell a movie with alien versus predator in the title. Yet neither of those are the main focus. And they give us a handful of people we don't give a shit about. And then we have to watch them for an hour and a half. Now, Freddy vs. Jason was very similar, except that they, I feel like they did some interesting shit with the lore, like the whole element battle and the struggle, the kind of, um, the interesting idea of like, oh, Jason's going to dream of Freddy and that's how they're going to get together. I'd love that. I thought that was that interesting. Was, yeah. Now with Sadako vs. Kyoko, I'll tell you, they really lean into, you came here for the grudge girl and she'll show up at the end. Any other ring, she's there too, but. You're going to be with these this handful of people, except they know it. And the whole movie is it's a haunted house film and they're on a paranormal investigation. And it really builds just like Juwan or Ringu. So they oh. nail the tone of those movies, except that third act, you get your like you get your Avengers Endgame and it's it's worth it. So I again, I know people people try to articulate what they like about that movie. I think they managed to do a haunted house film that actually had a good third act. So you got to oh, watch yeah. it. Okay, cool. Yeah, Clark is so bored. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we you get to stop recording. Are you, we go and so <laughs> Randy, <laughs> is that a sign? Randy? Are no, you, are I'm good. I just don't want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's really up to Mary Beth. Me and Clark aren't doing shit today. We got to record an intro, bed. Oh God. And we got to edit. Blanket buddies. Yeah, that's right. So we are doing shit. All right. Thank you very much. Mary Beth, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was very fun. Yeah. You're stuck now. We gotta hang out more. Yay, please. Oh my god. Especially because you like found footage and run a cool festival. And now that I know y'all are goofy and fun, even more so. Yeah, we're self-deprecating. We hate ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, same. (laughs) My God, it's seriously though once we get back in the theater we'll get you out here i'm Um, so excited i am so so excited